0: On this episode, we discuss the very excellent Mr. Dundee. That's not a movie. This is (laughs) barely a
1: movie.
0: Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy.
2: Oh, hey,
3: Dan McCoy. It's me, Stuart Wellington. Oh, wow. Hey, guys, you're here too. It's me, Elliot Kalen.
2: <laughs> and you know what? We also are joined by a very special guest. Uh oh, who's that in the corner? That's right. It's Ben Harrison, host of uh, The Greatest Generation. And a oh, thing he told me to say, and I fucking <laughs> forgot <laughs> it. It was yeah. just a
0: string of letters <laughs> and numbers. No, it's K Pod
3: 101.3. It's another podcast co hosted by Ben. Okay.
4: A, the joke is that it's a radio station, but oh, it, is, okay. it, it does have the function of just being a string of nonsense. Letters yeah, has it
0: made it I don't want I don't want to bring you on and roast you right away, but has it
4: <laughs> caused trouble with people trying to find this show of yours? <laughs> uh, no nobody's really trying to find it so. I think I think it's, it's
3: just it's rich that Stuart who had a podcast called Till Deaf Do Us P-Party uh-huh. <laughs> spelled
2: phonetically <laughs> spelled
3: phonetically <laughs> it was, was, it was the one who was like this name is nonsense
0: uh, wow. a, a title <laughs> that just confused me like, like I think until I was like six episodes in and Little I
2: episodes. finally realized
0: why it was
4: spelled like that
2: <laughs> yeah thanks for the low key uh, drop on my podcast there if uh, you <laughs> listeners at home want to find it I think it's still on the internet yeah. somewhere I,
4: was, I, was, I thought I was coming on to plug my thing but I'm actually here to kind of help <laughs> no. the plug other this
3: is a stealth plug for Stu's old, pot, old Def Leopard podcast <laughs> hey,
0: if,
3: if you'd like to hear more
4: of uh,
0: producer Alex uh, he was the co-host of that with Stuart so. right. uh, and, and
2: arguably more me because there's only two of us so yeah. just on you know, law of averages <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, Ben, thanks so much for coming on. I'll, I'll apologize in advance uh, for the movie we watched. Uh, yeah. Dan was like, we got to watch this movie. I got a <laughs> fucking serious boner for it. <laughs> <laughs> did, well, my, ex- my exact words, he, I'm did, sure. he did say, I
3: believe, I've been eyeing this one for a while, and then with an
4: eggplant emoji afterwards. <laughs> uh, before uh, we heated the mics up, Elliot was uh, expressing that he had a lot of worry that he was watching the wrong movie, and I... <laughs> I felt exactly the same way. Yeah, well, I,
3: I kept checking to make sure this was the movie we had agreed on because while we were watching
0: it, I was like, is
4: this. Like I looked this? at the text message so many times, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's really this? This is really. The
0: thing? <laughs> it, you know, like I, when I was watching it, I felt like. like yeah, it seems like it. It was more of like a series of short YouTube videos, maybe that Paul Hogan <laughs> yes. would make with his like celebrity friends. Yeah, which is maybe a, a venue where I would have enjoyed it more, where like it finds its natural love, level of just like you know, I don't know, this this celebrity goofing around on on YouTube. I, don't know.
3: I think yeah. it's a it's a. It, the kind of thing where if you did very little to it and you chopped it into smaller chunks and released it on Adult Swim as a parody of this type of like a celebrity <laughs> <Yeah>. playing themselves <laughs> yeah. in a in a, mo- in a that's, show, that's like exactly I'd be like, this is hilarious.
4: Right. They got it down yeah. perfectly, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah. Whichever and producer like, did Dude, this. can you believe
4: yeah. Yeah. John Cleese is on an Adult Swim thing? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. oh, my mind He blown. should
0: be on Twitter yelling about woke people for some reason. <laughs> He's a very old
3: man, Dan. He's a Ruining very old man. Ruining my love of
0: him. <laughs> He's
3: a very old man. Who has always loved money? It's it's not that surprising. Yeah, as much as uh-huh. as much as he is one of my still my comedy all stars, I just don't any any there's a famous person that I love who is above a certain age, I just assume they will say things that I don't agree with and <laughs> yeah. find horrible. Um, that's the way I feel about him. That's the way I feel about um, uh, the late
4: Eli Wallach. You know, um, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. he would have said. He wasn't on Twitter. Comedy um, star and, Eli and, Wallach. I mean, speaking of very old men ruining their own reputations uh, comedically, <laughs> this movie. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: <laughs> Look, but I'm just, this is, you know, guys, I do want to get serious for a moment. They can't all be the late Ed Asner. They all, Not old, all old celebrities can be great guys politically. That's just the way it is. So just be glad we do have some Ed Asners out there. And, you know. Be ready to ignore things that people say when they're old. Okay, guys. Speaking of people you would like to ignore when they're old, exactly. Yeah. So, Paul Hogan, everybody. Uh, So, this is a movie starring Paul Hogan. For the younger people in the audience, of which I don't think we have that many, Paul Hogan was once very famous. For playing the character Crocodile Dundee, Stu, Dan, Ben, who would like to explain what a Crocodile Dundee is? <laughs> well, it's not so, a sequel to Major Dundee, the Sam Peckinpah movie about the Civil War. Just get that out of your head right to, away.
0: I want to say to explain this old character, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna briefly reference something nearly as old, um, the Australia episode of The Simpsons where uh, they go to Australia and they have yeah. like some of the State Department come in and talk about how Australia and U.S. relations have been uh, bad since uh, we, we we like were briefly fascinated with them for a couple of years yeah. and then ignored <laughs> them entirely. And it pans over a Yahoo Serious
2: uh, film festival and Lisa says, I know both of those words, but I don't understand what they <laughs> mean. Yeah. To- uh, but- Yahoo Serious, the star of... Young Einstein and Reckless Kelly and yeah. other movies, probably <laughs> other things.
3: Uh, but then he founded the search engine Yahoo, and he's a he's a billionaire now. Yeah, yeah, he's mm-hmm. now he's
2: got some serious money.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, <laughs> for for the younger people in the 1980s, there was a brief Australia craze, which mm-hmm. took the form of the movies of Paul Hogan, the Crocodile Dundee movies, where he plays kind of like an outback outdoorsman who. Leaves Australia almost immediately in the movie, and then is a fish out of water in in New York,
0: right?
2: Uh, yeah. Actually, you,
0: there's a surprising amount of Australia in that movie. Okay. It's almost half and half. And it was <laughs> but like but yes, it was and, like and, and he
4: finds it to be an urban jungle that has just as many strange dangers as the outback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. so there was the
3: Crocodile Dundee movies. There was a couple of bands and like uh, the the Land Down Under song and stuff like that. And, it and there was and the it worked, and there yeah. was the movie The Cars that Fucking ate Paris, and that was basically the Australia craze. Crocodile Dundee, those bands, Foster's the cars beer. that they par- Oh, and also The Wave and Last Picnic and mm-hmm. no, I sorry, Picnic and Hanging Rock and uh yeah, this mm-hmm. it was I mean, there was a, everyone was watching our Australian dead and drive on, in. Yeah, the, everyone was watching us. Yeah, razorback. back.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a huge Australian crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> road games, yeah, road Yeah, games yeah, all oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Paul Hogan was a, a yeah, a comedian who hit upon this character. Was the character like part of the like Australia PSAs he did, or or was it just like something separate? I think, I think, I think it was. It was something I think
3: separate. he did the Australia PSAs after. I don't. I don't know exactly. Yeah. But, so the Crocodile Dundee was but, like very loosely based on a guy who was living on the outback in Australia, who I think turned out to be a criminal later on. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> yeah, and oh, and and uh, Hogan also did like two others of these movies where we. Stewart and I were talking about it before the show. How mm-hmm. like the first ones like this like light fish out of water romantic comedy, and the second two are about crime for some oh, yeah. reason the first, like
3: the first one has a drug su- subplot in it too doesn't it's, it or no
0: i i think it's very small if it exists it's not like the two and a half like the hour other long two are drug the-
2: kingpin opus that is part two the other yeah, two like guess- take
0: a swerve into like actual like just like action movies well it's like how than- in the
3: 80s in the 80s there was this moment it was the australia craze meeting with the mm-hmm. drug subplots in movies craze <laughs> the same way that like three men and a baby is a movie that's about drugs at a certain point like that's why that why the baby is brought to them is because of a drug kingpin. Like, they, uh-huh. they, people were – in the 80s, people were obsessed with <laughs> drugs, Australia. And also, if you were a TV show, you were going to go to Europe, you were going to be mistaken for spies, and you were going to get chased around. It doesn't matter if your family ties, <laughs> if you're facts of life, you're going to get mistaken for a spy and get chased yeah. around Europe in one special episode.
2: Now, the th- the, uh, just so to let everybody know – Crocodile Dundee was a huge hit. It was an independent movie, and it was a huge hit for two reasons. One, because his character, oh, so much fun. What a great character to have around. And two, that movie poster is fucking awesome. <laughs> Describe it like, for us. It. Describe it. He's like, uh, is it, Wait, is part two the one where he's pushing the buildings, the twin towers aside, like their cheeks?
4: <laughs> no, I think that's. I think that's the original. I think oh, it's yeah,
2: supposed maybe. to be like
3: like like high grass in in a forest, not, yeah. Like, yeah. not some butt cheeks. Not butt cheeks that he's spreading <laughs> apart, I guess, to pleasure New York. Okay.
4: Well, it, it was. It, many people call it the original goatsey, but. Uh, <laughs> He <laughs> was originally called Crocodile Goat Sea. Yeah, that was the original <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know,
0: Elliot. The, the poster does have that tagline. This summer, croc gives the city a good rimming. So. <laughs> that, was, yes, that was
4: the original. That's right, yeah. That was the original one. It's occurring to me the yeah. poster for this movie is a reference to that, right? Because he's got yes. the two wedges of the inflatable uh, croc- pool croc. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. It's In the re- same position. It's very mm-hmm. much an
3: homage to the original. Uh, the guys, this is this is '80s talk. This is not Cardinal Dentia. D- I just had to mention. I had a break recently when I realized that they remade the movie uh, "If Looks Could Kill" as Spider-Man: Far From Home. <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, and and I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I can't and I was just matching those movies up two up in my mind mo- those two movies up in my mind and it was like uh um, the end of usual suspects. I dropped my coffee mug
0: mm-hmm. and it shattered everywhere. <laughs> now when you say breakthrough, do you mean like psychological breakthrough once yeah, you had exactly, this realization?
1: Yeah. It really yeah, it okay. helped me a lot
0: with my issues. Uh, so guys, but should we I just, well sorry, I just wanna say like Paul Hogan. Uh, you know, never able to replicate the success after the Crocodile Bendy character you know, with in Lightning Hollywood.
3: Not with Jack. Not with, what, Almost Flipper, an Angel? Was he in was, all- was in. He yeah. was
0: Almost an Angel. You know, I think he's done some stuff that are like back in Australia, smaller movies that we don't know about. But but this movie is about, you know, him being a has-been. And uh, we've given Accor- you all this wait, background. According to
3: according- – According to Wikipedia, it says he played himself a couple years ago in a movie called That's Not My Dog! Exclamation okay. <laughs> point. Uh,
0: I don't know. I can't believe I forgot his Oscar-nominated <laughs> turn and-
4: <laughs> I that's can't believe the Flap House hasn't covered that. I mean, that's like a perfect uh, companion piece to a talking cat. Yeah, but
0: yeah. I'm, I'm sure you'll get into it with the plot summary. But it's funny to me that we gave all this background because the movie also knows that people don't understand this about who Croc Dundee is or or, oh, or yeah. Paul Hogan well, is these days. It so doesn't. Like, it doesn't.
3: It doesn't it does the an movie, animated. The sum the, mo- up. the movie is. We'll get to it, but but the movie is both takes place in a world where Paul Hogan has been out of the spotlight for years and also takes place in a world where Paul Hogan is still one of the biggest stars in the world and everyone recognizes him and wants to know what he's doing. It's a – (laughs) it's Sure. It's very very much a dream world where Paul Hogan is still famous, Chevy Chase is a beloved nice man that everyone loves, (laughs) and and so forth. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Okay, Paul Hogan – he is 80 years old. Now he's 82. By the time they're making of this movie, I think he was 80. He's tired of being confused for Crocodile Dundee, which to be honest... If, if he wasn't wearing a name, name tag that said Paul Hogan, you would not recognize him as Crocodile Dundee, yeah. mainly because he is 40 years older than he was when he played the role. But still, yeah. he looks great in great shape. Uh, he's in the Hollywood Hills uh, being peer pressured by some tourists to stop a rattlesnake because they think <laughs> that he's Crocodile Dundee. And uh, the snake lunges at him and he hits it with a stick and la- that uh, launches the snake towards a woman's face. And, of course, the story is all over the news, as any story involving Paul Hogan
2: is, is bound to be. you this yeah, like this, uh, four different entertainment outlets. I mean, I think yeah. it's just a symptom of the 24-hour news cycle. To be People honest, I enough. mean – in a news of the weird way, like if so, if but it's, but it's not being presented as news of the weird. It's being
0: presented face. as scandal in Hollywood. Like, <laughs>
3: like you imagine that this is the top story, and the second story is that like Charlie Sheen killed somebody. Like that's the level of importance they're giving this this story. It's also it's also set in a world where people still get their entertainment news from like Entertainment Tonight or like Access Hollywood type shows. Yeah, as opposed yeah, to through yeah. Twitter, where you then have to like search for the original name of the person so you can find out mm-hmm. what. Story people are reacting
2: to yeah, with yeah, their white like, Why is everyone so mad at Jake all this weekend? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Something about a scarf? He stole a scarf? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, uh,
3: it's the story's all over the place. And this is the movie goes through these cycles of Paul Hogan getting into situations where he gets himself into some kind of trouble. And then it gets all over the news. And he keeps saying in the movies, like, I just, I always, I, you know, they're like, stay out of trouble, Paul. And he's like, I just find myself in these situations. And it's like, which he does. Yeah. Which he does. <laughs> Uh, they recap his life story over the opening credits, I guess, about how he was the most famous export from Australia. Uh-huh. We to- see, we yeah, see, briefly is-
2: see Ben Mendelssohn, which made me very happy. Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. there's a they- number of cameos from, from Aust- It's really funny because throughout the movie, they have cameos from Australian actors who clearly were asked like, Hey, would you do a t- five second joke about Paul Hogan? And they were like, yeah, sure. And then. Footage taken out of context of American celebrities where it's being repurposed <laughs> yes. as if they're talking about Paul Hogan, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, so uh, he, he disappeared from the public eye after a Crocodile Dundee 2. Suddenly we're back in L.A. And a weird thing about this is that the, the buildings, whenever we're in a sky, sky uh, line shot of L.A., have CGI posters on them for fake movies, which was a strange oh. choice. It was just very weird. Um, but anyway, Paul's manager – is, who's the daughter of his original manager, isn't happy with the snake incident. And she's like, while they're driving on a very green screen to drive through LA, she's like, hey, you gotta be on your best behavior. The queen wants to knight you and give you a knighthood. And he's like, oh, I don't want a knighthood. I don't need that. And she's like, come on, it's the queen of England. You gotta take it. And uh, they drive past this kind of very crappy Crocodile Dundee impersonator out out on, uh, on what uh, outside the, the theater in Hollywood. And... He's and Crocodile Dundee gives him the stink eye. He's gonna have to deal with that guy later. But he doesn't uh-huh. want the knighthood. He just wants to retire because I guess when you get a knighthood, you have to work forever.
0: Like, is he well, worried that uh, he'll have he's to be called defend up, England? He's gonna be called up to defend England from a dragon at some point. Well, also <laughs> yeah. that's that's the you, you put your finger on like the fundamental uh, weirdness of this movie that I wanted to get into where like. Yeah, at, simultaneously no one knows where who he is and yet he is not allowed to retire. Like like the movie makes it out like, you know, people are making demands on him all the time. Like this woman, like this is her main client is Paul Hogan, like so much so that <laughs> later in the movie she quits when like he he's like unable to like she can't manage him anymore and it's like what what is going on in this movie that like like he's being pursued for films? We'll get into it. But I, I just wanna, yeah, set how weird this the, the, the disjoint is. They did not make a decision about what this movie was about.
3: Yeah. Uh there, it's a it's a very disjointed movie. Um and also if you want to retire you usually can just do that. Not one, yeah. Maybe one chance out of a hundred, someone decides to make a podcast about how nobody's seen you for a while and you have to put out a press release <laughs> saying, no, you were not kidnapped <laughs> by your maid. Yeah, yeah. But usually you can just retire and nobody really bothers you that much.
4: Um, that does happen to 1% of all <laughs> famous people. Is yeah. That, yeah. Which disappear I mean, from the public which eye is people make
3: that's thousands of famous people over statistics. Yeah. It's yeah. a very <laughs> small percentage. yeah. Uh, and, and there are a few times when they keep calling Crocodile Dundee the most successful independent film in history which I don't know if that's true. I think it was huge. It was but like in a uh, return with, on investment. What I don't I've know always Halloween heard, maybe is What also I always heard was one. that Halloween or Deep Throat were the mo- that Deep Throat was the most successful in terms of budget to pay off because it cost very little because it was essentially uh, an assault and and made a ton of money, but all that money went to the mafia but the but I, but maybe maybe they could have, have just said one of the most successful i don't know anyway it doesn't matter it's a movie it doesn't are they worried about getting Pinocchios from the Washington Post? I guess i shouldn't be so <laughs> so worried about it. Uh, he goes to meet some studio executives who are really excited to meet him, and everyone on the lot recognizes him uh, and of course, this is l a so everyone gets very over the top complicated health smoothies that are delivered by a guy <laughs> with a beard and a man bun. And it was like, is this, is this like a, a stealth pilot for like an LA Portlandia type thing? Like where it's just a, making, because it's a very, it's a stale joke, uh, but they take a long time to do it. Um, and there's not that many other, like, L.A. jokes in the movie. So it's – I don't know. It feels like a sketch movie at times. Anyway.
4: It, um, it felt like uh, maybe somebody watched, like, a few episodes from season one of Curb Your Enthusiasm and were like, okay, you know. I think I, I got it. I think we <laughs> could do that. I know what Los Angeles is like. Yeah.
3: <laughs> These executives have an amazing idea. They want Will Smith to play his son in a new Crocodile Dundee movie. And, mm-hmm. Paul, and Paul Hogan keeps trying to tell them it doesn't make sense because Will Smith is – American? No, don't worry. He can do accents. You know he's about to say black each time, and they keep cutting him off. And then multiple black people join the meeting mm-hmm. while he's trying to say this. And the, it, it's one of those things where it's like you have to just believe everybody in the world grew up watching Crocodile Dundee because they're just so <laughs> overjoyed to be in a meeting with Paul Hogan, which <laughs> appears to be happening in the lobby of a building. They didn't even have him into a conference room or something. And finally he tells them uh, – that finally he says, no, he can't play my son. He's black. And that immediately – Puts a chill over the he gets meeting. In trouble. Yeah. He gets in trouble. It's, it's
2: such like a weird like straw man uh, cancel culture like attempted humor here, where they're like, "Well, this this could happen. This is what happens. Is that." people are too caught up with this bullshit and that he can't even say what everybody is thinking and I don't know it fucking sucks it's stupid it sucks
1: I couldn't
4: believe that they like they went through the scripting and development process on this movie and nobody was like hey maybe we should take this out and put something in that makes sense because like there's no like internal logic to the joke even like there are so many examples where a white person and a black person can be in the same family and this movie like doesn't know that no but there's like a possibility Well, and it
0: also doesn't know that, like... Yeah, like that—that is a common thing that happens. But these execs, if they were going to cast Will Smith, would say like, explain, like, like know <laughs> right. that this is an old man and give him a reason why this is like happening.
1: I mean, or the, ir- saying,
2: the ironic thing is that if Dan, they- Dan's offending Paul Hogan
1: here. No, no, I'm saying this. Sh- <laughs> I'm not. We they're dive. taking advantage. What the hell? Oh my god! I mean, again, I'm I'll, not I'll, sir. I'll,
3: I'll go to my I'll go to my old man rule, which is old people say offensive things. Uh, yeah, but it's really you are supposed to be on you, the movie wants you to be on Paul Hogan's side and see how ridiculous this concept is, which is stupid. It is not a ridiculous concept. But also in real life, I don't know how many sh- you guys have dealt with executives at major media companies. In real life, this is oh, how the fuck meeting. Off. This is how the meeting would go. <laughs> it would go like this: Hey, we've got Paul, we've got Crocodile Dundee and we've got Will Smith. We want he wants to play Crocodile Dundee's son, and then the st- the studio executive would say, "But he's black. He can't be his son." Well, no, 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 we'll say, but I don't understand it you're going to have to have a couple minutes in that movie where you explain how a white guy could have a black son. Okay, I guess we'll do that. Which
1: is And, so,
3: and you would write and shoot a scene where that is where it's like, well, you know, ever since you adopted me from, from the orphanage in America or something like that. And then you would cut that scene before you released it. That's how it would work. Studio executives are the one who are, ones who are like, I don't understand this. You've got to explain yeah. it to me. Not and Paul the studio Hogan.
0: executives would be like, can we also write Paul Hogan out of this movie and just have Will Smith? Is mm-hmm. that possible? Well, that's the other thing. If
3: Will Smith wants to make a crocodile Dundee movie, that movie's getting made. I'm sorry, Paul Hogan. Even if you're not gonna get it, it's still gonna be it's it's gonna be called Son of Dundee, and he's be like, Yeah, my dad died. A crocodile ate him anyway. It's my adventure now.
4: (laughs) Now I have to get revenge. (laughs) It's weird though, because
0: like this movie, this it sets you off on this tone of like, oh god, is this movie gonna be like this weird screed against cancel culture? And the thing is, like, this is the one time in the movie where like Paul Hogan's character like deliberately like like it's it's not a weird misunderstanding. Okay. is what I'm saying. Like no. like he says the thing that they're mad about and that's you know, what happens. Whereas the rest of it, it's all like weird misunderstandings. So it's like, are, what are you railing against, Paul Hogan? No, the but idea one, of, like, misunderstandings? I this don't, one, like. they understand exactly what he's saying. Like, there's, yeah, there's, no, yeah.
3: well, I mean, and it's a different at certain, uh, there's at least one time where it's like, well, if Paul Hogan is railing against, uh, railing against signage that's not clear enough, maybe, like, <laughs> yeah. he would have known he was in the wrong place if he had paid attention. But, okay, uh, he goes home to his dog and his son. Uh, his son is too busy for him. He seems to be running a night club out of his bedroom, Uh, and this Uh is a long-running gag where his son is running multiple businesses and is very talented at everything and does not have time for Paul Hogan, and it (laughs) never really culminates in anything. It's just a running gag, you know?
0: It never culminates in anything, and yet it was one of my, like, more favorite gags in the movie just because... It was done so casually
4: and not yes. commented on. Yeah, it was almost
3: it was never underlined.
4: Uh, Paul talks He never to turns to camera and says, like, I should be more involved in me son's life. <laughs> yes. Now what it's accent do you think that was, Ben? I just, I'm
3: just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kinda like crocodile, crocodile beetle.
1: Like, <laughs> oh it's a little hard here in Australia. Goes to the outback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: They wanted Paul Hogan and they got Paul McCartney. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bit of a crocodile do do anyway so uh, so paul hogan he talks on facetime with his granddaughter lucy she believes in him she always will and then we know paul isn't racist against black people because he's palling around with his best buddy you know it reginald vel johnson <laughs> now, <laughs> who now, i did not recognize at first because he didn't have a mustache
2: yeah yeah, yeah. i want to i probably wanna... got sick of getting all the all the paparazzos so now yeah, yeah cut that thing off i
0: would like nothing more than to talk about reginald val johnson but so let's do, do it dan let's oh before okay, we yeah. do i have one Is question it's your
3: podcast no one's stopping you from talking I about have rvj one question.
0: <laughs> did you have the problem that audrey and i had where like we are so used to like lazy like signifiers in movies that as soon as it cut to like an overhead shot with like uh like conga music playing and i saw reginald val johnson with a pork pie hat i'm like Oh, did he go to Miami? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like the language of like Did they film splice in footage from an episode or- of
2: Burn Notice into this? <laughs> Here's, like we were I, confused.
3: Look, it did confuse me why they were suddenly at a street festival. And my guess is literally that they called Reginald Vell Johnson's reps and said, would he be in this movie? And they said, well, he's at a street festival right now. So if you want to catch him, go ahead, bring your camera. Uh-huh.
0: Just getting some fry bread. You gotta, yeah, You got to yeah. come fast.
3: But uh, the – But yeah, it's, it's, and they also run into Olivia Newton-John, who's another old pal of Paul. It makes Mm -hmm. sense. They're both Australian, right? And she wants to set Paul up with a friend of hers. But first she convinces him to come to be at a charity event that she set up for kids at an orphanage or something. And, uh. Paul, he goes to get some groceries, but then his car is stolen by a fake valet. He gives his car – his keys to a guy dressed as a valet. turns out that's just a car thief. Uh-oh. Don't We've worry. We've all been there. That guy will come back. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Paul, he sees the fake Crocodile Dundee from the lift car I guess he's in, and he says, hey, stop here. The Crocodile Dundee impersonator does not recognize him. And he gets into an argument. And then the impersonator's kids, who are dressed as crocodiles, jump out and start, they're little kids, they start attacking Paul Hogan. And people assume that he's fighting children. Suddenly, he's all over the
0: news again for strangling a child. Yeah. I do want to, I like, I want to highlight one moment because, like, I, f- I feel weirdly compelled to highlight it when I do think something works briefly. Go for it. Film.
3: Yeah, give give them the credit. The credit I they, did laugh too, when,
0: yeah. <laughs> when, like, the impersonator has, like, a big, like, cardboard knife and he goes, my knife's bigger than that. And Paul <laughs> Hogan's, like, <laughs> looking on in disbelief as the one thing everyone remembers from Crocodile yeah. is a, butchered. There's
1: a
3: couple times, I mean, there are a couple jokes in the movie. There's a joke later that I laughed at and there's a musical number later that was better than yeah, it like- had any right to be. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, so he's all over the news again. His manager's upset. She's like, "You got to get this knighthood. You're gonna, you're gonna jeopardize <laughs> your knighthood." Because you imagine, yeah, Qe2 is just constantly watching <laughs> entertainment news, being like,
4: hmm, uh, "I mean, how, she, how could she it. miss it? There is wall to wall Paul Hogan coverage." Yeah, you know? that's true. That's <laughs> fair.
3: That's fair. Uh, and uh, there's we briefly meet what uh, maybe the, the movie's least uh, okay character, uh, his Mexican landscaper who uh, just has a super over-the-top accent and is just stealing food from Paul Hogan's kitchen and eating a big, like, Dagwood sandwich. And this is a character you could easily remove wholesale from the movie and and you would never notice. But instead, they had to keep him in, and it's it's not good. Um, Lucy calls, and she's like, I heard you were going to be a knight. Is that true? I'm so proud. And he's like, okay, you know what? If you want me to be knighted, I guess I'll go through with it. I guess I'll accept... (laughs) One of the highest uh, 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 honors that the Commonwealth can provide, you know. Um, I mean,
2: I can can watch a movie with a reluctant hero. Like, I've watched plenty of those. But there's something very interesting about a movie that's trying to convince me that I need – like, not only that Paul Hogan is somebody that I should be paying attention to, but he's this, like, reluctant hero. So I'm like, I don't – I didn't care about him before oh, the movie started. Was also,
0: like Audrey kept having this problem, which is like, are we supposed to sympathize against, with him against like his manager who's trying to get him to do like this charity function? Like I don't understand. <laughs> also, that
3: that the, the Queen of England is like, I want to give you a knighthood, and he's like, eh,
0: I don't know, and we're supposed to be like,
2: yeah, I stop bothering make sandwiches this old man. In my- <laughs>
0: What? I mean, unless you're taking a principled stand against, uh, you know, uh, the the royalty, yeah. and there are
3: hey,
4: people leave Paul Hogan alone. The institution <laughs> of monarchy, and there are people yeah. who
3: do that. I think, I think, uh, I think John Cleese is on record as saying that, like, if he was offered a knighthood, he would turn it down and that kind of stuff. Whereas mm, Michael Palin, for he ate it up. He just, he just <laughs> took it. Well deserved. Good job, Michael Palin. Um, <laughs> good job,
0: Mikey.
3: <laughs> good job, Mikey P. And uh, <laughs> now he doesn't want to be a knight. Uh-oh, unfortunately, a night is coming that his way. That's right, his good friend Wayne Knight, Newman from Seinfeld.
0: <laughs> Talk about things that can be lifted wholesale from
3: this movie. His, so Wayne Knight is like, my wife's mad at me because I've been singing too loud at home practicing for my Broadway premiere. And apparently the song he's singing in his Broadway show is Hello, My Baby, Hello, My Honey, the Michigan J. Frog song. And so he's yeah. like, I need a place to stay because my wife's mad at me. Don't tell her I'm here. And he just runs yeah. upstairs and starts singing Hello, My Baby. Amy, hello, my honey, while tap dancing as loud as possible, which makes it really hard for Paul Hogan to take a nap. And I gotta tell you, there, there are ways to do a joke where someone can't take a nap because it's loud. Go watch the movie, It's a Gift. There's a whole sequence where W.C. Fields is trying to take a nap and people keep bothering him. It's hilarious. This
0: is not, they don't really pull it off here. I don't know. The idea of Wayne Knight tap
4: dancing to <laughs> Hello, My Baby was
1: pretty, was fun. pretty funny. <laughs> I, the, I,
4: the one thing I liked about this was there was a, there's a shot like overhead on his couch when he first lies down. And there's one pillow on the couch and then two more down on the floor. And I was like, what's going to happen with those pillows down on the floor? <laughs> and then Wayne Knight is suddenly tap dancing upstairs. And I was like, perfect. He can make a head sandwich with those extra pillows.
1: <laughs> and did he? <laughs>
4: Yeah, it was it was a plant and payoff. It's classic, <laughs> classic movie Hogan. magic, you know. Thing Paul, Hogan, Paul Hogan
3: is like a Jacques Tati. It's all all the math is right there on screen, and you're watching and put it together, and it's and that's where the fun comes, you know. Um, yeah, he's uh Paul. He's the got Swiss watch. <laughs> yeah, this this movie is a real intricate mechanism. So many interlocking gears that have to be calibrated just so. Uh, so th- it's that night. Paul's got to go to the charity event that Olivia Newton John talked him into. He has As his driver, who turns out to—because I guess his car is still stolen. His driver turns out to be John Cleese, who explains he is now doing this because he lost all his money to prostitutes, he says. Um, Mm -hmm. John Cleese drives him to a a big event. There's spotlights everywhere. There's a red carpet. And uh, uh uh-oh, too late, he notices he's taken Paul Hogan to the Black Talent Awards and— Paul Hogan on the red carpet explains reporters he's there to help all the less fortunate people who are inside who didn't have it as easy as himself and he offends the reporters because it sounds like he's saying black people are less fortunate than himself. It is yet another time that Paul Hogan has decided to step his his uh, his crocodile skin boot into the racial minefield <laughs> that is modern America and, and it doesn't it doesn't work very well. It's just not no. it's not very good. <laughs>
2: Uh, but not it's all, it- it's all that's the thing. It's all context. That's the thing. That's what he's trying to explain, is that people have to understand there's context and that when he is sitting at home in his uh, massive LA mansion Huge eating mansion. sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, that we should be more considerate that he just wants to take a nap. Now, yeah. <laughs> uh, now here's, the, here's the question I have for you guys. Here's,
3: I mean, he's basically Dagwood Bumstead. He's taking a nap. He wants to make big sandwiches. Uh, he mm, keeps running into good. the mailman. He works for Mr. Uh, for whatever the guy's name is. Dan, what's Dagwood's boss? Uh,
0: Weatherby? No, Thank no, that's, you. No, uh, that's, no, that's uh, Principal Archie. Weatherby from
3: the Archie comics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Uh, um, I'll let get me look it. up Dagwood Boss. Mr. Spacely.
3: Mr. Dithers. That's who it is. Mr. Mr. Julius Uh,
2: Caesar Dithers. I didn't know that was his first middle
1: name. (laughs) And
2: he's got a fucking dime for a wife, man. What the fuck?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me recently, we were like, Audrey made a reference to a Dagwood sandwich or like Dagwood eating big sandwiches, and she said, it's the one thing people remember about Blondie name another thing about Blondie and I was I was dismayed <laughs> at how many things I could name about Blondie
3: <laughs> I mean that is to be fair though that is it, to asking you a question about an old timey comic strip is yeah. you're gonna get I mean you know that Blondie started as like a he, she started as a flapper she was yeah she and, was and, a flapper like and society and he, girl and he was and a, he was rich and she he married her and got cut off and then it became the story of him eating sandwiches and
0: not having sex yeah. with his gorgeous wife all, much getting out, all interrupted all also from naps Mm -hmm. by the annoying kid next door who would just walk in.
2: Mm -hmm. And he he didn't ever want to work, right? He wanted always a nap and not work. Yeah, I mean he would to go me. to work, and he was always late for work,
3: and
0: he'd run out and bump into the mailman. These because the he's of,
2: always like styling his fucking hair like that crazy shit. <laughs> he, had,
0: uh, <laughs> he had a teenage son and teenage daughter who looked just like smaller versions of them. Yeah,
3: <laughs> just like in real life, that's how genetics works. Yep. So uh, that's why when you <laughs> this why as Dan once said, <laughs> I think in a presentation, how when a pig and a frog have children, you get mm-hmm. you get two girl frogs and two boy uh, two <laughs> two girl pigs and two boy frogs. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what Mendel said anyway uh <laughs> Uh, Paul Hogan finally ends up at the right charity event and everything works out fine, right? Uh. <laughs> not right, no. no. John Travolta's not there. So Olivia Newton, or he's always referred to as Johnny for some reason.
4: Olivia- Johnny T. But it it mm-hmm. seemed like they couldn't say his, like there, there there seemed to be like a licensing issue in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was now, very
0: confusing. <laughs> I have a problem with the stagecraft of this, uh, I'm gonna take the stage manager to task here because, so... You know, Paul Hogan goes out. Well, like he, they're you know, Olivia Newton John and Paul Hogan are in the back. You know, Olivia's trying to get Paul to go out at his cue to start singing You're the one that I want Well he's Greece. he's filling in for John Travolta. He's filling they're, in for John Travolta. She was gonna <laughs> do a
3: duet with Johnny T and he's not there, so
0: Paul Hogan's gonna fill in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has he doesn't really wanna do it. He's like lingering, he's lingering in the back. He finally luckily comes they out have and, a leather jacket that fits in perfectly. He comes out and he starts singing at Sandy's part. He's missed his own cue. He starts singing at Sandy's part. I don't know why Olivia Newton-John doesn't come out at that moment. More so, I don't know why the stage manager, once the audience starts turning on him for not being John Travolta, (laughs) keeps holding Olivia Newton-John back. From going on stage, the one yeah. thing that could possibly assuage this crowd. Yeah. I'll yeah. do you one
3: better, will I'll do you one better. I don't know why it wasn't announced to the crowd. We're so sorry John Travolta <laughs> couldn't make it tonight. Exactly. Filling in for him is Paul Hogan. So it that was on the a little look, slip
2: of paper in their program, and it just yeah, exactly. they it didn't, People don't
3: read that. Literally at every single play that there has ever been in the history of the world. I mean, that's not tr- I guess when Thespis invented acting for the first time, maybe they didn't have a slip that said Thespis is going to be tonight. Little, Thespis little is scroll. sick, so he's playing, played by. <laughs> By Draspis or something, but anyway, the uh, but uh he they don't it, it's, it's so instead these people who are there literally to see Johnny T they have signs of his name they've dressed like him they're shouting yeah Johnny Johnny T give us our Johnny that to be confronted instead with this. Elderly Australian man in leather jacket <laughs> mumbling the wrong words to the song. I understand that would be a shock to the system. That's yeah. not what you are saying. If I was, so but
4: would you riot, Elliot? Would you start a riot? I don't over know. That? Let me
3: let's let's create a <laughs> let's create a, a, a thought a thought idea. Okay, so recently <laughs> oh, recently Stuart idea. and I we were going to go see Judas Priest in concert. Unfortunately, uh-huh. their shows were rescheduled because of a, a health problem with one of the band members. But mm-hmm. um, if Stuart and I had gone to that concert, and I cannot wait. Rob Halford, the metal god himself, is about to walk out on stage, and it, it, I hear the opening of Exciter, one of my favorite of their songs. This is a great way to start the show, full of energy, yeah. just like in the Unleashed in the East album. Rob Halford's about to come out. I could not be more excited, and Paul Hogan comes out, also in leather,
2: and starts <laughs> yeah. mumbling Exciter. The wrong Exciter. elderly man comes out The wrong leather. elderly man, at least,
3: at le- a man roughly 10 years older than Rob Halford, who is only yeah. in his early 70s. The, yeah. that I, w- I think I might just lose it and start throwing things at <laughs> yeah. the stage much like and I'd be holding Elliot
2: back like the stage manager
3: yeah exactly and Olivia Newton John will be back there waiting for her duet on the Ripper and they're saying no 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 stay back here stay back here (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Uh, so, it's getting really dangerous out there. Yeah.
3: Uh, the crowd throws a thermos at him, and he tosses it aside. It bounces off a balloon and knocks a nun in the face. And he gets <laughs> the blame for that, which seems admittedly a little unfair. Everyone saw it. <laughs> Everyone saw it. Yeah. Is, uh, they, I mean, he wasn't throwing it at her, and the thermos was thrown at him first. Anyway— you better believe it's all over
4: the news that he's he <laughs> just looking for a reason to cancel him at this point. <laughs> yeah. so. And no
3: wonder – news all over him. No wonder there's a paparazzo hiding around his house and up in his tree. He throws a rock and knocks him down. Turns out he's kind of a down-on-his-luck photographer who came to L.A. with big dreams and now <laughs> just hangs around Paul Hogan's house. Um <laughs>
1: There's, you know, that, there's
0: a later look. Far be it for me to quibble with the internal logic of the, of the talented, the very excellent Mister Dundee. Dundee. The talented Mister Ripley Dundee, but later, <laughs> the talented Mister Dundee
3: has the scene where Paul Hogan watches Jude Law get out of the shower, <laughs> and Jude yeah. Law knows Paul Hogan is watching him, and he's not sexually attracted to Paul Hogan, but he does get a thrill from he knowing Paul Hogan attention. is sexually attracted to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. No, uh, what a movie! What a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, uh, there's a scene later on, I'm sure we'll mention it, but I just went like where the gag is every photo becomes less valuable once Paul Hogan is in it. Like Paul Hogan's like, oh, I could get you a picture of Kim Kardashian. What about a picture of Kim Kardashian and me? And like the price goes down uh, and the photographer is saying this. Like why is the photographer then hanging around – Paul Hogan's house if he knows that this man is worthless to him. <laughs> like <laughs> I know this is a logical hurdle that it's too high for this particular movie. I mean, to clear, why didn't but...
3: why didn't Darth Vader blow up Leia's ship instead of trying to no. walk
0: his
1: way through yeah, right. it to I where the Death Star plans are? Just it,
3: believe. It's called drama, Dan. It's called drama. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm mean, also he it's very clear he's not good at being a paparazzi. Like he's bad yeah. at it. So uh, but you're right. It doesn't make sense. Uh, he watches on the news. But he is
4: good at being a fine art photographer, but he just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. yeah.
3: We'll see that. We'll see that. He's going to miss his. He's one of these guys who becomes an accidental art star. Uh, <laughs> he's also one of these
0: guys that I thought I could safely ignore at, at when he like shows up in the movie because I'm like, oh, this movie's so filled with like Pointless diversions and cameos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatnot. Surely he <laughs> will not be important to the rest of the movie, and it becomes very important later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he becomes a major <laughs> character,
3: and he looks <laughs> but, like a friend of mine. So I kept thinking that he was the friend that I, that I, I was like, he's in the movie. This is great for him. Oh, anyway. I kept
0: thinking he, look, he was Nick
2: and I thought so too, but he's not. Does, I went and checked IMDb. IMDb. Does look like him, too.
3: Uh, uh, Paul Hogan watches uh, other Australian actors slag him on TV. There is a funny joke about the movie Lightning Jack, I thought, where he goes, he goes, he goes, someone's like, Much like Lightning Jack, no one is laughing, which I thought was funny because it's not a good movie. Uh, And and there's
2: like a – there's a brief – they're they're interviewing people and they briefly interview the like villain from the later Saw movies and I'm like, he's Australian? What's going on there? That was pretty – that was cool for me. And yet Jeffrey Rush, nowhere to be found. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Casanova Frankenstein himself.
3: Himself. Very Australian. Not there. So – Paul, he misses Australia. He's looking at real estate in Australia, beachfront real estate, and he keeps getting bought out from under him, which at this point, it's like, you seem to be rich, Paul. You should just take the take the plunge. Just make an offer on one of these houses. You know, stop waiting. <laughs> uh, his son is leading an aerobics class outside. He's too busy to have breakfast with Paul. And Paul's manager calls him in for a talking to. Uh, she's been trying to stop the nun story. And Paul keeps saying, put me on one of these Tonight shows. I need to be on one of these Tonight shows. And she's yeah. saying, no, no. He somehow wants to retire, but also really wants to be on the Tonight show. He's like, oh, I'll play a baby (laughs) a a baby xylophone for some kind of song I could do that you know
1: Uh,
3: (laughs) I could I could slow jam something but uh, my Paul Hogan sounds like a very bad Reese Darby I realize Uh, Mm -hmm. who's from a different country not Australian Um, and she says you know what I won't call the queen and tell her not to knight you if you go for an intervention lunch with Chevy Chase, which makes no sense. If you want someone well, to learn how to stop being an asshole in public, you do not send them to Chevy Chase. I mean, th-
0: I mean that is the joke of it, right? Yeah, but it's a very fair. weird one. Like it, it requires the audience to be aware. And, you know, like, we all are, obviously, because we're, like, the kind of nerds who know this stuff. But, like, not everyone knows that Chevy Chase is, like, a famous asshole.
4: So they aren't going to get the meta joke of, like, this is the person to emulate.
0: And it's, So but, it just seems strange. It seems Well, re- and,
4: like, as a movie that has given us all of the backstory on Paul Hogan for this exact reason, like, it seems like it could have given us... An expo dump on Chevy Chase if it really wanted to sell that as a joke, and it, yeah. and since it didn't, I feel like it almost is not aware of that as a joke. I mean, the yeah.
3: I mean, because then Chevy Chase, they go to lunch, and people are constantly going up to Chevy Chase and telling them how wonderful he is, and telling telling him you're so amazing, I love you so much, I love your movies, and they're not naming. They're like, I loved you in Three Amigos, or they're like, Oh, he was so great in Caddyshack, like they are talking his real credits. So this is not some alternate universe Chevy Chase who made other things and that who people like. Uh, and he keeps, he's like, <laughs> and Chevy Chase is like, people love me because I want an Oscar for a Caddyshack. And this is not true and the movie knows it's not true, but it's never clear whether the movie is saying it as a joke or whether people think that in this world or it's, just, it's it's one of these things that's almost a joke but not quite to the point where I was like, is this operating on a higher level than I understand in terms of comedy that I don't get the joke here? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's just that he's lying about having an Oscar. But everyone no, think, seems to I know it you're already. you thinking yourself.
3: I must be. It. It's just, anyway, uh, the studio executives come by. They want to pitch a Crocodile Dundee revenge movie where his wife gets killed and he starts dating Rachel McAdams. And that scene just kind of peters out. It doesn't really go anywhere. I mean,
2: most of the scenes in this movie <laughs> end without a joke or a conclusion. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, d- wait, this was the scene where it ends when uh, he walks out without paying for a $40 glass of wine and a security guy tackles
3: yes well because chevy chase says he's gonna pay i think and then he doesn't yeah yeah uh and chevy chase does the thing where he's like you can get away with anything when you're as beloved as i am watch this and he knocks his fork on the ground and a waiter picks it up and goes oh i'm so sorry and chevy chase is like oh yeah it's it fell all right off the table can you give me another fork and he's like see and i'm like so that's what you're getting away with it's like (laughs) that every now and then you knock a piece of silverware onto the the floor
2: it was a plate he broke a plate yeah, but you could still get away with that. No, I've,
0: I know, I know. I just like it's it's it is a measure of difference that you've like actually shattered something. Yeah. Than like oh, a did fork, he did yeah. he break a plate? Yeah. Yeah. Because if a
2: fork shatters, you got well, bigger there, problems. I mean, unless a fork makes a shattering <laughs> like noise, Mr. When it hits Freeze the must be oh, in your I restaurant. Oh, miss I missed the
3: shattering noise. I apologize. I mean, maybe if there had <laughs> been a shot, but I guess in the budget they didn't have room for a plate to be
1: broken. <laughs> yeah. So,
4: um, well, I think critically, the breaking of a plate is sort of morally comparable to hitting a nun in the head with a water bottle or making racially insensitive remarks on a red carpet. Probably,
3: yeah. It depends on the plate. I mean, maybe We're Mm -hmm. the only restaurant in LA that only serves antique (laughs) Ming Dynasty ceramics.
2: (laughs) Jackie Chan is
4: our waiter to protect them because if
2: anyone's (laughs) going (laughs) to break in, write something.
4: (laughs) If only you had an Oscar, Paul Hogan, none of the bad things that are happening to you would have happened.
3: Yeah. Dan, I know you have issues with this, but I want you to make, no, Jackie Chan was not in this movie. I know sometimes you can't tell.
4: <laughs> Thank you.
3: there were many celebrities in this movie but he was not but mr jackson no. chan was not one of them um okay so. elliot
4: after he gets tackled by the security guard he wakes up in the hospital with multiple shattered bones right <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a, nope he's just he's just back at home talking to his daughter his granddaughter on the phone making what
2: like, what's that a turkey marmite sandwich What's or a vegemite
3: marmite sandwich yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah um, those. and he's a. Uh, He's – he's she's like, oh, I have this new school and the girls there aren't so nice to me. What do you do? And he's like, ah, blah, blah. He's giving her advice and she's still excited about his knighthood. He's got to get this knighthood. His granddaughter is depending on it. Now, he could always just tell his granddaughter he got knighted. There's no – I mean there's – what is she going to Google him? And there's going to
2: be a newspaper wow. headline that says, <laughs> Ellie Paul Kaelin Hogan no knighthood lying <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to children. uh, Yeah, she won't find out for real until she's much older and it sends her (laughs) on some kind of shame spiral.
3: Yeah, uh, Dan, Dan, I've spent years now on an elaborate con that makes my son think that there is a pixie of some kind that eats his teeth and leaves money Mm -hmm. behind. So Mm -hmm. and I I, I gain nothing from this lie that there's some creature that sneaks into our house Devours his teeth Poops a dollar <laughs> bill Under his pillow yeah, All without waking yeah. him And then yeah. <laughs> It leaves For the next time <laughs> you, you know what
0: Directly after I said it I was like Oh all people do Is lie oh, to kids So yeah. much of yeah, your I mean, lying to your children Yeah
2: I mean at some point Dan may have a child And of course When that child is of age They're going to watch Romancing the stone And then he will Lie to that child And say there was Never a sequel For some reason They made <laughs> no follow up uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> They
0: did re-team In uh, War of the roses, which you can see when you're older, but uh, yep,
2: nothing for this one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but what's this jewel of the, no, 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 <laughs> no
2: one of those uh, fake movie posters. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh,
0: here, here's a great, here's a great '80s pop song that's not from that movie that does not exist. Uh,
3: so then, this is the scene where he talks to that photographer. He learns how le- how little his pictures are worth, and he, the pop, the photographer convinces Paul Hogan to help him find celebrities. Uh oh, who's going to drive them around? It's John Cleese, and for no reason at all, he gets them into a chase with the police. Uh, yeah. And it's John Cleese is just he's just a, a maniac who constantly gets into chase scenes and then uh runs away at the at the end of it I love
0: I love Paul Hogan's commitment to just being unflappable <laughs> throughout yeah. the entire like Chase. Meanwhile, he's the just pho- like, oh photog- God, another shenanigan I'm
3: in. And the photographer in the back of the car is trying to make up for it. He's like, What yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I he could, felt
4: so bad for this actor. Like, I'm in a movie and I'm gonna be in a scene with John Cleese and Paul Hogan, and yeah. I'm I'm like, they're
2: the straight men? What? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It was it was uncredited, but the second unit director for this scene was William Friedkin, if you couldn't oh. tell.
3: Wow, really, no wonder. Really? I mean, to be I, there were a number of there were a number of shots that were clearly carved. Cars driving at normal speed that had been sped up,
1: but there were other ones.
3: But there was also a shot of a car driving against the flow of traffic, and I was like, "Did they do this for this movie, or is this like stock footage you can buy that they that they got?" Because I wasn't I wasn't sure. But yeah, yeah now that I know yeah. that William Friedkin worked on it, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's- it had all the, all the hallmarks of his big car chase movies like The Boys in the Band and uh, <laughs> and Bug. <laughs> so uh, they uh, they the photographer, they're like, there's Kim Kardashian. There's another famous person. And the photographer keeps taking pictures, but they're all coming out blurry because they're driving around. The other funny thing is that they're pointing to like movie premieres where they're, that are full of photographers already. Yeah, that's
0: what I, I was like. Why didn't he just go there in the first place? I don't
3: the, understand. The point of being a paparazzi photographer is to get the picture nobody else has has of this celebrity <laughs> yeah. where they're uh-huh. in their sweatpants, they're d- Glenn Danzig carrying a box of kitty litter in a parking lot, they're uh-huh. eating ice cream and they look really gross, like they look fatter than normal uh-huh. that's why you're a paparazzi, to get a picture of them on the red carpet when there's like a dozen other photographers, why bother, I mean nobody reason-
2: they wants that, they want you struggling to carry a mountain of Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts uh-huh. uh, coffee Yeah, <laughs> there's a
3: reason that Peter Parker you, is selling do his you sp- have a cut out
0: of a former lover that you're-
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's I a- love it there's a reason Peter Parker is is selling his Spider-Man pictures and not his photographs of like trees. Nobody wants those. <laughs> Anyone can take them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they end up getting arrested and then we cut to what turns out to be a dream sequence but it is a very elaborately produced musical number from some sort of a Crocodile Dundee musical of a That's Not a Knife song and this is by far the highlight of the movie. I, I, I'll go out on a this. This is yeah. actually a pretty 100%. fun song. The performers are really good in it. There's some funny rhymes in it. This is a this song should be in a much better movie about yeah. Paul the, Hogan the playing decision,
2: himself. Yeah, the decision to have the Crocodile Dundee character in the musical to be very much not Australian was great. yes.
4: Yes. Such a strange choice. He's like a guy with curly hair and like eyeliner and like a sparkly hat. Because
3: it's, it's Broadway. I mean, I mean, to be honest, he looks like, he kept reminding me of Jello Biafra. I was like, did they get him for this? <laughs> that would be a really weird choice for him. But he's in bathtubs over Broadway, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's this is, I mean, guys, tell me if I'm wrong, but once this started, I was like, okay, you know what? There is a part of this movie I can enjoy,
1: you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there are parts of this movie that gave me a mild uh, smile, but I, I think again in a YouTube uh, two minute <laughs> video, maybe. Is, what, is, what I is. liked
2: about this musical is that it's it knows how to fucking tease the audience because they give yeah. you the first part of the line that's yeah. not knife, and that's and then they just tease out the final line, and they don't actually even say this is a knife. They have a knife uh, descend from the the, <laughs> to the ceiling with the word written on it. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, they're (laughs) you're waiting for it's like they're edging you the whole time for this catchphrase. Mm
4: -hmm. I don't know if you guys experienced this, but like watching this movie, I remembered the line as that's not a knife, this is a knife. But they show the clip in the in the reel at the beginning recapping the important beats of Mm. Hogan's life, and it's that's not a knife, that's a knife. And so the line in the song is "That's a knife," but the su- the sign Whoa. on the knife that comes down says "This is a knife," and I was uh-huh. like, "Ah!" Yeah, my brain can't it. effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we got to cover all our bases. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like how you remember it and how it actually was accommodated in one song. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs>
3: that's the brilliance Players. of that song. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a real it's a real play it again, Sam type thing where it's like, uh, it's not, <laughs> did you know he never said that in Crocodile Dundee? Except I've never heard anyone deliver that trivia because no one cared, I guess. <laughs> um, the uh, I will say there's one other joke. I don't remember where it comes, but somewhere in the movie, there's another joke where an Australian actress who I did not recognize who she was, is talking about, she's like, oh, I used to love watching his movies and I'd get so scared when he would be playing, he'd be fighting with those crocodiles and sharks and you, know, you gotta f- feel for his children. And they're like, oh no, you're thinking of the crocodile hunter. We're talking about Paul Hogan, and she goes, "Oh, he's a dickhead." And just the way, <laughs> and just the way she said he's a dickhead was—I so, thought was really funny. It was just like so matter-of-factly, like, "Well, that goes without saying." That's oh, I'm—I was—we all know that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Paul wakes up in prison. He dreams the whole musical number. His manager bails him out. I guess he will face charges at a later date. Although knowing LA, maybe never. Um, celebrities, you know how it is. So. Um, Wayne Knight, back to his house and back to the Wayne Knight C story in, in the sitcom of a movie where Wayne Knight's, Wayne Knight is like, my wife is coming over. Don't tell her I'm here. And she comes to the door and Paul Hogan is lying. Oh, I haven't seen him. I don't know. He's not here. And she's like, are you sure? He's not, I wanted to thank you for having him here. I know he can be a handful. And then Wayne Knight just shows up and goes, hey, honey. And they kiss. They're not mad at each other at all. And she, and she's like, how dare you lie to me, Paul? And it's, yeah. it, the, the scene, it makes no sense. It's, (laughs)
2: It is like the level of trolling that our editor Alex did to me the first time I met his parents is we were having dinner together and he goes hey, mom and dad, Stuart would like to say grace. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: one can only only assume that this whole ruse has been some sort of elaborate sex game they have. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Where they shame Paul Hogan. Yeah, because they're kissing pretty hard. Yeah,
3: they have have a Paul Hogan embarrassment fetish. Yeah.
4: Yeah. They steal the chocolate chip cookies and go back and do unspeakable things with Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul...
3: He loses his knighthood for obvious reasons. I mean, getting in a car chase with John Cleese is just not okay. His manager <laughs> quits. She says, "I think maybe I'll go. I'll go back and do what I want. Something for children. Uh, what that is is left up to the future. We'll find out later." Two weeks later, he's packing his house up. He's decided to leave Los Angeles. That's right the Crocodile Dundee run is over. He's going to slink right. back to Australia with his tail between his legs.
0: The thing that it seemed like he wanted to do from the beginning of the movie and nothing was really stopping him, he's finally doing. His goal, <laughs>
3: his stated act one goal is now the act two rock bottom moment. And it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's
4: like at the, he also has a very long beard in this scene, but that's just a gag. Well, that's a
3: gag. He takes his long beard off and puts it in a box. But the, the it's like if in the movie Rudy, he was like... I want to play football. And then at the end of act two, he's on the field and he's like, oh, I've never hated myself more.
4: I've become what I set out to become. <laughs> I've become what I most love. Ugh.
3: So uh, the, if, if, the beginning of Star Wars, Luke's like, I want to get off this planet. And then by act two, he's like, I miss Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was back with my aunt and uncle Oh right, oh right, they were burned to a crisp Right, 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 sure yeah. uh, So uh, I kind of forgot that by the end of the movie I'm not so sad anymore um, Is it, and I will say It's another. It's a measure of how masterful that movie Star Wars is That it never occurs to us That it takes place over like a day or two And he is uh-huh. totally not grieving for his aunt and uncle anymore And he's become a Jedi Knight after a day of training It's amazing um, What a movie, and it just doesn't occur to us uh, Okay, Olivia Newton-John decides to cheer him up by setting her up by setting him up with this friend of hers, they meet and they're really into each other right away. It's a sweet little first date scene that gets interrupted because the valet bandit, that's right, the guy who stole his car, is mm-hmm. in the middle of stealing another car. Uh, Paul Hogan gets handed a can from a grocery shopper. <laughs> because if there's th- one
0: thing we know about Crocodile Dundee, it's he throws cans. Yeah, maybe that's a thing the, from the movie. I don't, I don't remember. remember it because I guess in the NES. America doesn't, I the, guarantee. They showed Dundee.
2: the clip at the beginning of the Did movie. Did they? The Crocodile okay. NES
3: game? Maybe he's throwing cans <laughs> at bad guys. I don't know. Yeah, it's an upgrade. <laughs> you got to upgrade your weapons. He throws the can, it flies through the air for. Roughly forty-five minutes, and yeah. they, and they keep cutting between crocodile and uh, Paul Hogan, the guy running away, and a kind of a homeless bag lady who's running, and I kept expecting the can to hit her by accident and for it to be another mishap. But instead, mm-hmm. it hits the. What was she there for? I don't <laughs> no, no, that's that's not that the that's red herring. My, that yeah, that's the mislead.
0: that. That is why it was there they're, then, they're setting you up to worry that it's going to happen. But it's again. not yeah.
3: funny enough or dramatic enough. Just have him throw the can and have it hit the valet. <laughs> no, and it doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't
0: make any sense. It do, no. doesn't need to be there.
3: Anyway, it hits the valet. I, maybe maybe she's it a ghost that appeared on on screen and they <laughs> didn't know she
2: was in the movie. You know. So the crazy thing is, it hits the valet man in the back of the head. His head shatters. Brains and blood go everywhere. and People start freaking out. Yeah, and Paul Hogan looks in his hands now covered in blood.
3: Yeah, the blood spatters hundreds of feet back to where Paul Hogan is standing because there was just that much blood in the guy's head. He didn't yeah, realize that the valet bandit, his head is just a balloon full of tomato juice. But <laughs> yeah. the, and and he
0: was
1: carrying the rage
3: rally.
0: virus, so all those people it's, are infected. Oh, right. oh, yeah, yeah, oh wow! Yeah. So this
3: is the, the oh, that's right because it's called the very excellent Mustard Dundee twenty eight days previous.
4: If only he had done that somewhere that didn't have ten thousand onlookers standing around yeah. to, to burst uh-huh. into applause <laughs> when he hit the guy.
3: Everyone. <laughs> Applauds and uh, Paul Hogan is back on top. It's yeah, all over I the news. Everything, because if there's anything we love, it's rebuilding our fallen
2: idols after they do something minor.
4: <laughs> the all is forgiven stories that are playing on all of the entertainment. shows.
2: Well, that's yeah. that's why all these canceled celebrities are now uh, doing meeting out vigilante justice on the streets.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, as the Chappelle they're going out. And just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just
1: stop. Do we talk about
2: the fact that there's like a weird amount of footage of on a news show where they clearly repurpose footage of fucking Mel Gibson looking like a crazy person. And I'm like, stop making me look at this. (laughs) And there's a weird fucking joke about them running over fucking Harvey Weinstein. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they mean by this. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a, it was one of those
3: things where like, if they had, I didn't know if the joke was, oh, we ran, who was we ran, ran over? Harvey Weinstein. Oh, good. Let's back up and run over him again. Or if the joke was, oh, no, we hit Harvey Weinstein. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a bad thing. It's just – it's so – it's hard to parse the, the politics of this. Again, movie made by an old man. It's hard to know what's going on. Uh, yeah. It's like Gran Torino. You're like, uh, I guess he's trying to do something that's not racist, but it comes off pretty racist. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, he gets positive news. Chevy Chase finally gets bad press. Uh, I don't for knocking things off of tables in restaurants. Yeah,
2: because apparently he's a fucking cat.
3: Yeah, because apparently it is the slowest day in entertainment news that Chevy Chase knocks plate off table is the second story on the broadcast. You know, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All Hogan
4: is back on top being the first, <laughs> the lead <laughs> story. the lead story. Well, it's
3: too bad every other famous person died three days ago because these are the only two we have anything to report about.
0: <laughs> that mysterious celebrity rapture happened.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, celebrity rapture sounds like Kurt Cameron's next movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to see that so badly. Uh, okay. The skies uh,
4: were dark because all the stars... Mm-hmm. we're taken to heaven we're in we're
3: <laughs> literally in heaven we're yeah. literally yeah. in, so in the heaven. Skies, the skies heavens. were bright again because all the stars <laughs> were
1: back in heaven
2: <laughs> this definitely feels like an la where like at least like all celebrities under the age of 45 have been raptured like we are yeah, only yeah. seeing like that's why paul hogan is the lead story yeah because yeah. no one else is around
3: we only see younger people when they are on TV talking about Paul Hogan. That's the oh, like we see a Hemsworth mm-hmm. talking about Paul yes. Hogan. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Which <one>? to
2: quote
0: <laughs> to quote Audrey when he came on, I was like, oh Luke, the least of the
3: Hemsworths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's Hemsworth less than the others' Hemsworths. Yeah, it's it's he's half a hem. Uh so Uh, Now we have a client – we have this kind of montage that usually means the movie is over, but somehow it Mm -hmm. keeps going a little bit. Uh, Paul's (laughs) manager goes to London to accept the knighthood for him, which I didn't know you could do. I kind of thought you had to be there to get knighted.
0: I do like the the line – uh, where they're they're like, I oh, know the knighthood for the star uh, because it's the queen's favorite, the star of the queen's favorite movie, Crocodile <laughs> Dundee 3. <3." Yeah. laughs> and the fact that they went with the sequel, I, I loved.
2: What if what if her actual favorite movie was King Ralph, guys? Wouldn't that be fucking weird? That would be weird. <laughs> it would be well, weird, yeah.
0: I mean, she does have a fantasy of finally, you know, hanging up the crown, handing it over to
3: John oh,
2: Goodman. Yeah. We'll give it to Peter O'Toole. Good yeah. shape.
0: She,
3: she you know? uh, which, it, it, The idea that there's so much in that movie that that way they don't really i guess they don't really know how monarchy works that like the king can't just name another person like you're the king now forget it i'm out of here but also the uh or maybe he can i don't know it's i haven't been done but that i imagine queen elizabeth the sometimes is just like if only i could sit down to take a group photo and end my time on this earth <laughs> and just leave yeah. this torment and never have to worry about helen mirren playing
2: me again in anything uh,
3: and being yeah, so much
2: <laughs> being so much better at me than i am at me yeah, yeah, when she's playing that level in Hitman 3, she's like, I wish this was me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, also, Crocodile Dundee 3 is called Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles on the poster. So, I don't know if it was officially
2: Crocodile Dundee 3, was it?
0: Uh, could you put it on the Bloops page for the Crocodile okay. Dundee. <laughs> the Crocodile Crocodile
2: the- Dundee 3, the poster is still fucking cool. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's. I mean, it's got Paul Hogan on
2: it, so you know it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh,
3: we see the opening of a gallery show for the photographer. He has. Uh, he has a,
2: a, an exhibit it's like called a Maple Maplethorpe. Type thing, right? Nope,
3: not at all. Uh It's, <laughs> Maplethorpe's photos are very, very posed and also very crisp in their, uh, in their visuals, their images, whereas his are very blurry and it's called Life is a Blur and it's his blurry pictures of L.A. and we see, it's implied that, I guess, Kim Kardashian bought the photograph of her and his eyes widen as if, uh, as if he's a <laughs> boo looking at that one big ruby in the, in the Cave of Wonders in Aladdin.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They had so much coverage of this actor just taking in, like, big self-satisfied breaths and like looking around in wonderment at his own genius. And his
3: his mom comes up to him and goes, And I never nice work. I never thought you'd amount to anything. And he's like, thanks mom. And it's like Uh. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and they're not really a joke there. Like it's. <laughs> um, uh, Reginald Bell Johnson is now starring in the Crocodile Dundee musical on Broadway. The studio executives are so impressed by Paul Hogan's amazing idea to make a musical of his old movie because uh, it's never been done before. Certainly, never yeah. been done on Broadway before.
4: <laughs> How did he come up with it? How yeah. did he come up with that? Uh, <laughs> well, and, it took a head injury and a night in jail dreaming it up.
3: <laughs> and the fact that it's also a Go-Go's jukebox musical just is the icing on the cake, you know, but it yeah. just it gets me both of those things. But
0: yeah, uh, the funny thing here, though, like you see uh, Paul Hogan getting ready. You know, like there's these two big things happening. He's being knighted, premiere night of his musical. Like he's getting ready. Like the movie's trying to lead you down the garden path, thinking that he's getting ready for one of these things. And then, like you see him with his uh, like, oh, he's at his granddaughter's recital, and there's also like news, like voiceover being like. Paul Hogan misses his uh, spot on the tonight show. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck, you like triple booked yourself just to not yes. to any of it. Like yeah. that's he's the weirdest part the fantasy. He's not at the
3: opening <laughs> night of the musical. He's not at the tonight show that he booked knowing it was the same, knowing not only is it the same night as his granddaughter's musical, but he's going to have to go to Australia for that musical. <laughs> so he's not even going to be on the same continent that the show yeah. is taping. Uh, so he, Paul attends his granddaughter's school play. He snubs the queen, snubs the tonight show, snubs the Broadway opening musical. All that cares yeah. about, all he cares about is family. Um, and Paul's son, Opens a nightclub and a girl shows up and he kinda and they smile at each other and I was like, Are we supposed to know who this is? Is this is this a character that was referenced earlier? Guys, is is it a famous person? What was it? Tell me.
0: Explain. Well, I, I was hoping that you'd looked it up. I thought maybe she was a famous actor that I was not familiar with, but in the absence of any context, it was just like, well, I guess this like, you know, handsome young guy who's good at everything you know, there's this a pretty girl that's going (laughs) to like him. It was
3: like, this is not a, he's already, he's, he's like this, he's presented as, yeah, very handsome, super talented guy. So for him to get the girl at the end is not a triumph. Like it's not, it's it's not, it's, it's not like, um, you know, uh, when, uh, when you That moment in the sandlot where the nerdy kid uh, kisses the lifeguard and then they're like, they're married now. They have six kids. And you're like, yeah, the nerdy guy did it. Like it's not that moment, you know. Yeah. Again, that's mm-hmm. a moment that comes after a brief assault. So it's not that great a moment. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. since he kisses under the false pretenses that he's dying and she has to give him mouth to mouth. But uh, mm-hmm. it's – uh, but again, you know what I'm saying. There's no for his, yeah. for his son to like have a pretty girl smile at him, that probably happens 75 times a day. He's like Paul Hogan's son. Everybody wants yeah. to get with him so they can get with Paul Hogan. Anyway, um, John Cleese <laughs> yeah. is in another car chase. Uh-oh, will that guy never learn? And mm. the movie should be over, but it's not. Paul has moved to Australia with his dog. His man, he gets a magazine in the mail that shows that his manager has achieved her dream of making something for kids. Is it a Crocodile Dundee cartoon? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's like Animation
2: <laughs> Monthly or some shit. Yeah. What's the name we've, of the magazine? We've
3: entered a world where the only entertainment available to the masses is Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> and It's related. It's yeah. yeah. Larry franchises. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're like going yeah. to pitch like a new take on like Sherlock Holmes or whatever. It's like now, how does Dundee yeah. fit into this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called
3: yeah. Sherlock Dundee. Okay, so <laughs> it's. It, <laughs> Disney plus
2: subscriptions have gone way down. Dundee plus subscriptions way up. <laughs> yeah.
3: it's, it's, it's like the answer to Martin Scorsese being like, oh, Marvel's really taken over entertainment. Like it could be worse, Marty. What if it was just Crocodile Dundee? Ah. Least, <laughs> 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 what if the CDCU had taken over everything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, Olivia, and Olivia's friend, whose name I don't remember, goes to Paul's new house. They're not lovers necessarily, but they do seem like they're close friends, so that's okay. At that age, you know, what's the, there's no real difference. It's just about companionship. Uh, and Paul is relaxing on the beach while his granddaughter plays with his friends. It looks like Paul Hogan is finally going to get what he's always wanted the whole movie, a nice nap. When, uh-oh, who is... Implied to be on the chair next to him because his face is covered by a newspaper
0: and his voice is clearly dubbed in <laughs> because they, he didn't want to fly to Australia. <laughs> Who is it, Dan? Who is it? Wayne Knight is back. <laughs> That's
3: right, Wayne Knight is back, or at least his voice is. As again, yeah. they a yeah. stand in with a
4: newspaper over his face with his a pic- newspaper with Wayne Knight's picture <laughs> on it <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> to really drive the bit home.
0: Uh, now, Stewart. And- now, Stewart. Hold on, there, I just... Want to, well, yeah, yeah. He's very frustrated in the movie, and but I want to ask Stuart a very important. This question, is a good question. Is, yeah, I want to know the answer to this question too. <laughs> did you stop the movie right at the credits again, <laughs> <laughs> or did you see the thing that happened, or did you go to the mid credits tag? Stuart's face
2: is in his hands. I feel like such a fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 so, guys, about. Five minutes before this point in the movie, I uh, was making coffee, and then I left my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> she come here. She come here. Let's make it so, clear. Yeah, not. Did did
0: come
3: you not here finish, to record. Did you not finish the movie? Uh, I mean... What, <laughs>
2: When does it finish? Yeah, I mean I think true. it lives on forever.
1: <laughs> You're right. It's finish? in all of our hearts. Sure. I think <laughs> I, I think
2: the last the last moment my brain captured from this film was him looking at animation quarterly or whatever in his mailbox. And <laughs> okay. then and then his friend walking up. And okay, I'm like, I'm assuming it's over at this point. You almost I, I, I it. Assumed, did it. I'm like, yeah. there's, I, I should have assumed because there's so much gold on screen yeah. that there must have been a little bit of stuff that wasn't quite yeah, yeah. stuff. This movie I, did
0: not at all feel like it was struggling to find a <laughs> way to pad yeah. it out.
3: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just amazing. I'm amazed that Stuart almost made it all the way to the end of this 88 minute marathon. <laughs> that is the very excellent Mr. Dundee. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, yeah. uh, there's a mid credit sequence where he's shaving with a knife and he goes, And he's dressed as the Crocodile Dundee again. And he goes, that's not a knife. That's a bloody stupid way to shave. And then he winks at the camera and that's it. So it's not, don't worry, it's not setting up the sequel still.
2: Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would have felt like an idiot. Luckily, I no, rented obviously it. Obviously, the part that sets up the sequel
4: is when Sam Jackson at the end of the credits says he's going to rope him into the Dundee initiative. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <All laughs> right. Oh, man. Well, that's the nice thing about having rented it is I can go and watch those bloops. I'll, <laughs> then I'll text all you guys with my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> OMG, I can't believe they did that.
0: Mm-hmm. text says,
3: <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, with a, with a with a emoji of a of a shocked cat face."
0: Yeah, and
2: then <clears throat> probably a, a selfie of me and the screen and holding up today's newspaper so you know that I'm watching it today. <laughs> Good, great, That for some great. reason has
4: your picture on the on it but it's also me. covering your face so yeah. we can't really yeah. tell yeah. if it's, it's you. A,
2: it's a picture of me and Wayne Knight. <laughs> it's, headline reads together Same again. Hands while
0: holding up newspapers of that day when that photo
1: was taken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression
0: Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think.
2: The first time I
4: went to therapy, I was so ashamed. And I was like, can't believe I got to go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man. And Humphrey
3: Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes
0: a day. Give your mind a break. Give yourself a break. And join me for Depression
2: Mode with John Moe. You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about
3: to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at
2: them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie. But that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast Feeling Seen with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: The Flop House is sponsored in part by Lumi Labs. So you've probably heard of microdosing. If you haven't, there's info <laughs> all over the internet. Well, microdose gummies have microdoses of THC, and they just released six flavors of higher THC gummies based on sativa, indica, and hybrid strange strains. Not strange, no, no, not Doctor Strange, not. Although uh, he's the probably case of- he's
3: probably microdosing Doctor yeah, Strange. Yeah. Let's be honest. Come on, or uh-huh. macrodosing.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and because it's hemp-derived THC, they're available nationwide. Check them out on microdosegummies.com. Now, look, you know me. Uh-huh. I'm a bit of a grumpy Gus. Yeah, and a party boy. Uh, well, I am a party boy, but I'm also a bit of a grumpy Gus. And uh, one I, thing I call you a dower Dan. A dower Dan? Sure, yeah. why not? Um, but one thing that helps me along is if, you know, sometimes if I microdose a gummy – uh the things that seem important to get like worked up about I can loosen up, I can take a little step back, I can think like you know what this is not important in the way that I'm making it uh stressful or anger making or upsetting like is a it is a little sort of goose to my mental health I have found mm-hmm. And uh, microdose is really different from other hemp products because it contains micro doses of THC and balanced with cannab- cannabinoids like CBD, cannabinoids mm-hmm. like CBD and CBG. This way, you can eat just one microdose and feel a nice mood lift from the THC without getting high. There's a reason that microdosing is becoming so popular for health and wellness. If you want to learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdosegummies.com and get them delivered to your door. And to get free shipping and 30% off your first order, use code FLOP, F-L-O-P. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdosegummies and code FLOP. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online
3: Therapy. I'm going to introduce you guys and everyone else listening to a concept called preventative maintenance. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It means taking care of something so that you don't have larger problems with it later. We get our cars tuned up. We get annual checkups. We go to the gym to maintain physical wellness, to prevent ourselves from getting bodily illnesses and diseases and things like that. That's all preventative maintenance. Well, going to therapy is just like that. It's a kind of routine maintenance for your mental and your emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues that might happen down the road. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. I cannot stress that enough. Therapy does not mean something is wrong with you. It doesn't mean you have a problem, but it means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And maybe you don't have the time, the energy, or, uh, the interest in going some other place to some other location. With Mm -hmm. BetterHelp, you can do it at home. It can be more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Look, you invest in so many other things. You invest in your home, you're probably investing in NFTs right now and Bitcoin, <laughs> everybody is. Why not invest in your mind, the NFT that you carry with you in your head all, all throughout your life? This podcast uh, it's sponsored by uh, BetterHelp and Flophouse listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com flop. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com flop. Speaking for myself, I'm a therapy user and a therapy appreciator. If you haven't tried it, I think you'll find it's helpful. So that's betterhelp.com slash flop.
0: Uh, okay. Let's so talk. W- so let's was this our- a movie?
3: That's the, que- I guess we're doing, in Final <laughs> the question I have is, Final was judgments. this a movie? Like, what is this thing?
0: <laughs> Final judge. Is this a good, bad movie? A bad, bad movie? A movie kind of like, <laughs> it's,
3: it, this movie straddles the line between feature film and video you show at an anniversary party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, wh- look, what I'm going to say about this movie is like, I'm going to say good, bad because I enjoyed watching it. It was certainly like a very strange experience. Um, there's stuff in it that, like, politically, I'm like, I don't know where I, what you're doing, movie. I don't think you do. I don't think you're smart enough. Uh, but there is a certain charm to, see. like, I, I I think that Paul Hogan is still like kind of a charming presence, and it there's a bit of enjoyment to be gotten out of like what I call the uh, the 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 old geezer uh, movie, where you get like someone who used to be famous and like late in their career they do. Something that is like just really like playing off like the zazz of being like, okay, well, here's a star who's old now doing a thing like like grumpy old men or Mm -hmm. the more like – Upscale version would be like Nobody's Fool with Paul Newman. Like, it's mean, like Grumpy
3: Old Man is, is a pretty upscale version compared to the very excellent <laughs> Mr. No,
1: It's way, way, way
3: higher. I'm not saying that, but there's like when Kevin Pollock like, is the fourth build person in the movie, that's pretty upscale. <laughs> There's, yeah,
4: yeah. A, there's a version, when, there's oh,
1: like sorry. a when type Burgess of movie. When Burgess
0: Meredith is fourth build, <laughs> Kevin Pollock is fifth build, Damn. There, <laughs> there is a type of movie where the charm is just like, oh, this old guy's still kicking. Yeah, yeah, that's and, true. And I kind of enjoyed it on that level because, you know, those were not, like, Crocodile Dundee. the first one, <laughs> is fine. It's <laughs> a fun piece of whatever it was. Yeah. Like, there's stuff in it that didn't age well, but like. It's charming enough. I, it was funny, like, I, you know, our pals over at Blank Check did the Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, all of the Crocodile Dundee series, and they were like, we're, we're recording commentaries for all three of them all in one day. And I, like, <laughs> rubbed my hands wow. with glee, knowing, like, oh, boys, you're, like, the diminishing returns, you're <laughs> – in for, but I don't know. I'm just saying, like there was parts of it that was like sort of like weirdly charming in the same way that watching someone's anniversary video can be charming. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a good movie by I mean, any means. There,
3: it, it works really well. It's it works very well as a proof of life video, just to be like, is yeah. still around. He's still fine. He can walk. He can talk. He yeah. can drive. He sees at night. Like he's taking care of himself. Fine. He doesn't need help." Yeah
0: yeah so mild fondness, but it's definitely not a movie what do you what do you guys have to say
2: yeah i'll i'll uh, i i it's a tough one, but yeah. yeah, i mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a kind of a good bad movie uh yeah, i mean, it's there's not really any jokes uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, uh you know. It's kind of tough. You know, this is uh, this is a little bit tough. I had uh, last night when uh, my wife was, was trying to fall asleep. She's been having neck problems. And my cat uh, climbed off of my chest, my 20-pound cat muscles. He climbed off of my chest and climbed basically onto her head. And she just started, like, yelling because it was hurting her neck. So I tried to reach over and push the cat. And instead, <laughs> my hand reached under the cat, and somehow I must have hit the wrong button because I managed to express his anal (laughs) (laughs) glance and he squirted fucking shit on my hands and on her pillow. (laughs) And just what I'm trying to say is that that was funnier than what happened. (laughs) Uh,
4: That does sound funnier than
1: this movie Yeah, Yeah, very Uh, fair. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, it's a mild good-bad. I mean, I'd say that the first third is where the most squirmy, uncomfortable stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, and also is where your mind is racing, like, trying to figure out what is even about to happen to you. <laughs> um, and then once you kind of relax into it, it's like, it's it's you know, it's fine. It's just, it's kind of, it's just... It misses so many of the at bats that, and it has so like like for for as like thin an idea as it is, it does have like a a number of setups, and they just like like never go anywhere, and it's like almost amazing to watch something set so many things up that fail to be. You know, realized I, at all. You use
3: the metaphor of at bats. It's like if the pitcher is throwing balls right over the plate, and the batter is still in the cab from the hotel to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah. he's never gonna hit him. He doesn't even know the balls go. He doesn't know the game has started. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give yeah. it a. I'm gonna give it a. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's a. Uh, semi-likable bad-bad. I feel like yeah. it's aside, aside from that aside from that musical aside from that that this is that's not a knife musical number. It's not it's not that like oh this movie's so painful but it's like there's no reason to watch it. There's just no reason. Yeah. If, you, if you're on a space yeah. shuttle and you it, it's a generations long flight to another planet and this is the only movie that's on board in the in the on-ship library <laughs> then like it could be worse
4: but if yeah. there's no it there's no <laughs> so many other,
3: there's so many other choices even for good, bad movies to watch. <laughs> what
4: diabolical bother? form of torture. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're an absolute weirdo like
0: me who texts you both saying, I've had my eye on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because it's such a strange cultural artifact. Yeah, there's no need to excavate it. <laughs> I, would,
3: I, I would say it's for Paul Hogan completists only.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I think from now on, they'll screen it every year at Hoguecon <laughs> Yeah. <right>? Uh-huh. as <laughs> we all eat our Hoagies. Yep, that's
0: the food of choice at
2: HogueCon, Hoagies. Um, the only
3: that's things right. to watch there are, are the Paul Hogan movies and the Ballad of Cable Hogue, starring Jason Robards. <laughs> Second Sam Peckinpah reference of the episode, dudes. Nice, yeah. nice.
0: <laughs> well, let us move on to letters from listeners. Uh, you can uh, write us a letter. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> why don't you do it right now?
3: <laughs> yeah, nothing's stopping you.
0: Or is it? Um. Who's stopping you from <laughs> writing a letter?
3: Tell us. Write us a letter and tell... Oh, wait, you can't. Okay, how are you going to communicate with us if you can't write a letter? Uh, can you tweet? No, they hmm. won't let you tweet either. Okay. Uh, what, Dan, do you think maybe they can call us on the phone? I'll just give them your phone number. Okay, no, that's no, Dan no, McCoy, no, uh, uh, 123456. Alex, sleep it out!
0: <laughs> uh, this is from Alexander, last name withheld Who writes, oh, I'll be concise mm-hmm. My first child is due on Christmas Eve Congratulations my has You know, my, there it, was another <laughs>
3: child who was due on Christmas Eve
2: <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me Wait, a, very, Christmas a, very
3: Eve s- when, a very special child And that child's name was Humphrey Bogart Born on Christmas <laughs> Day in 1899
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, My first child is due on Christmas Eve My spouse has 12 weeks of paid parental leave. Shout out to paid parental leave. And I will use FMLA to take off eight. Can you recommend movies or audiobooks to experience in 15 to 30-minute intervals between diaper changing slash feeding slash napping slash <laughs> cuddling? Bonus points if the experience is heightened by a pronounced lack of sleep and or excess of hormones. Best... Alexander. That's, that's, I'm going to say right off the bat that if your experience is like mine, you're
3: going to be like, oh, all this time I'm just like holding a baby or waiting to hold a baby. I'll use that time to catch up on movies. Doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Your mind will be addled. You'll, you'll only be able to do one thing, which is curse the gods. That you ever chose to continue this mm-hmm. benighted race known as humanity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bring this pox upon yourself. Um, but what do you guys think? What stuff that's good to watch like I, mean, I, figured, years?
0: I figured this would be mostly a question for you I mean, to the to degree To be honest, I, when,
3: when, uh, the, I rem- when my older son uh, was was a baby, it just – Every now and then I'd try to watch a movie in the middle of the night while I was like – Trying to soothe him and it wouldn't really work. When my younger son was a baby, there was only one movie I managed to watch that way, and that was Stalker, Andre Tarkovsky's, uh, (laughs) you know, kind of hypnotic, kind of boring science fiction film. Uh, And unfortunately, the problem was that part of part of the strengths, one of the strengths of Stalker is the sound design, and I had to watch it with the sound super low because I was trying to get a baby to sleep. So I I was like, I'll watch a foreign movie, I'll read the subtitles, but I still didn't get the full movie. That being said. With headphones, I mean, take get find a long book that you really want to hear and go for it. There's a little book called The Power Broker.
2: It's very long. They'll give yep. you plenty of things to listen to. Stu, just slap the uh, just slap the noise canceling on your headphones so that the baby doesn't bother you. Exactly.
3: And Stu, what's a, like what's a, what's an epic fantasy story maybe or something some real long novel or something like that?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel I was going to try and answer the question about about like movies to watch. I oh, feel okay. like also don't you don't you like watch most of your movies while doing the dishes? How long do you take doing the dishes?
3: I mean, every time I watch the movies, it's in 15 to 30 minute intervals because I'm doing the dishes while I do it. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. The only, the, the only I've only the only the movies I get to watch all the way through these days are children's movies I'm watching with my kids. So if anyone mm-hmm. has any questions about my neighbor Totoro, I recently watched that all the way through. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Otherwise, I'll continue to go back to watching Malcolm X in 30 minute chunks while I do the dishes. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. So your recommendation is all movies. Every movie basically. should be watched that way.
3: I mean, the amazing thing about watching movies that way is that I feel like it gives me a much better sense of whether a movie is hitting certain marks structurally because it's like I, I know I am this far into the movie where am I in the movie and when it's a really good movie I feel like oh, okay I'm, I'm as far into the movie as I feel like I should be into the movie like the movie feels like it's at the right point and if it's a movie that's not working as well there are a lot of times when I'm like Oh, what am I like? An hour? Hour and twenty minutes in this movie? Oh, okay, thirty five minutes. No oh, cat already. has
4: been saved yet? What the heck? It,
2: they haven't <laughs> yeah, saved yeah. the cat. There's that there. She hasn't shown up yet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Every
3: movie has that she moment when she that's that's classic story circle structure. You gotta have a Sheila no. moment. Sure, yeah. Okay, but Stu, recommend some movies then.
2: I don't fucking know. Like <laughs>
3: what? you're like, I, I mean, thought I'd recommend movies. Okay. recommend movies. The, I don't know, dude. Pull the football away. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was, yeah, I mean, me I feel it. like, so I've been watching, like I watch a lot of stuff when I, when I work out at home and all that shit is like, uh, whatever, whatever is like, like fucking, uh, like chopping mall and shit on shutter. <laughs> <laughs> I watch things that I know that like, I'm going to enjoy that have like chopping mall, have a uh, Academy award winning soundtrack and, uh, yeah, like <laughs> stuff that, stuff that like, like chopping mall and Teton, as soon as it's over, I just want to start it back up again. It helps a chopping mall that's only like 70 minutes long, but I feel like, uh. You're really hitting chopping mall hard. This is a big, this is a big uh, plug yeah. for chopping mall.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I, I would say I generally would use that time to like. Go through weird shit in – unlike Shudder or dig deep into the bowels of Amazon Prime and uh, Netflix to see what kind of fucking mysteries await you.
3: Yeah, especially because yeah. if it's a baby, they can't – they don't understand what's going on on the screen. So you don't have to worry about them watching something that's going to scar them for later in yeah. life. Mm-hmm. As Unlike when I was – when I finally got to see Mandy a couple years ago and I sat there – Worried the entire time that my son would wander into the room, having woken up in the middle of the night and see something terrifying, see a guy with like, see these horrible perverts slopping down their food while watching porn on TV before Nicolas Cage chopped their heads off, you know
2: oh man that's awesome you're making it sad
3: I want to watch it again right now it's a great movie Just even, even if my kids walked in during the Cheddar Goblins commercial they probably would have done something terrible to their psyche you know? oh, yeah.
0: oh, oh, they would spend so many years like wondering did I dream that what was yeah, that yeah, they'd be great. like
3: was that a real knowing my kids they'd be like I want to eat that is that a real product yeah. how do I get that
0: yeah. <laughs> um, moving on Tyler last name withheld Perry writes what are the lyrics to the Flophouse theme song? We all love the instrumental version, but sometimes you just need to sing along. You know, I tried googling it, but all I got were Elliot's male song videos and the Full House lyrics. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> last name withheld.
4: This was, is like the Gene Roddenberry thing where he wrote lyrics oh that yeah. would never be played with with the original theme was that, song to was Star like Trek, a so that he would get paid thing. every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: You would you would get a co writing credit. It's the same way that there's there's like there's lyrics to the Odd Couple theme which are terrible. Oh know. man, we should have yeah. gotten in on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, well the if you guys f- ever adapt the flop house to television, that's, that's what you gotta do.
3: Yeah. I mean, the ironic thing is there are lyrics to the flop house theme. I don't know if you guys know them, but the lyrics are whatever happened to predictability, the milkman, oh. the paperboy, the even, evening TV.
0: Uh, it seems like the meter of that wouldn't fit the It fits. Sing it. Fit. I'm
3: not going to do it now, but sing it for yourself. Okay.
0: Yeah, try this at home, everyone. It's an experiment you can do. Yeah, yeah just, do the It's, uh, it's the just TikTok. Just pull out some vinegar and some baking soda <laughs> called, and then sing the lyrics. <laughs>
3: yep, it's called the Full Flophouse Challenge. Hashtag Full Flophouse Challenge. Post to TikTok, sing the Full House lyrics to the Flophouse theme. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's a not post
0: a TikTok. Someone will actually do this, Elliot. I want I want them to do it on a platform that I understand, and we'll look at Dan. It's Dan, the I ke-
2: Dan, I keep telling you, you need to start a, a TikTok account where you bake things for me, and I get to do reaction shots. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. I don't
0: understand it, but it
2: sounds great. Um,
0: let's move on to recommendations of movies that we have seen and would recommend. Um, I will recommend. You know what? Stuart I—he's gonna
2: say Mister Dundee <laughs>
0: Stuart and I uh, went out. We saw a movie together. I was—I uh, he was, Aww, Stuart, Stuart how was. sweet, yeah, baby.
2: Stu Honeymoon, <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dan. So, is,
0: are you trying? You got married, and then you're trying as best as you
3: can to take spend no time with your uh, wife.
4: Uh, Audrey, Dang, you got married to a different person than I thought you
0: did. <laughs> 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 Audrey has work to do during this day,
4: whereas I.
0: Whereas Stuart <laughs> have,
2: sometimes can get can yeah. sneak out of work.
0: Anyway, <laughs> um so yeah, we were uh we went to see last night in Soho mm-hmm. which Stuart did not enjoy as much as me. No. And uh I will <laughs> I will admit that Stuart's critiques are correct that uh, it, it, uh Edgar Wright and I forget the co-writer uh of it, the screen. It doesn't Ed, matter. are wrong. That her, <laughs> uh, the, the, the screenplay does not necessarily, uh, have the, um, subtlety or sensitivity to like deal with a lot of the stuff it brings up. And I understand that criticism and that the, 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 the plotting gets uh, a little like baroque towards the end and uh in a way that undermines maybe some of the themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be vague because you know they're twists and turns is that kind of movie. Um, was the, the problem you had with said, the twists
3: or with the turns?
0: Well look, I like <laughs> the problem is like I like I didn't and I see what Stuart's saying, but I also like didn't walk in expecting like a coherent sort of uh, feminist statement out of the film Mm -hmm. i expected a skillful genre pastiche as edgar wright is is good at doing and so i was perhaps uh less disappointed by the turns it takes and the movie if you can enjoy it just on a pure like this is a movie about movies level and you're okay with that yeah like it has a very entrancing sort of Um, world to live in. Like, Edgar Wright remains unparalleled, I think, at, like, matching uh, music to action uh, with modern filmmakers. And there's just a lot of joy and skill in the way the world is uh, realized, even if, like, I don't know, the sort of movie it is and the sort of filmmaker uh, Edgar Wright is, like, combined together, winds up with some wonky... Plotting and themes maybe but i i I thought it was a lot of fun i've thought about it a lot since i watched it
2: yeah i mean technically it's it's very good uh but kind of like like it it made me made me makes me think of uh of jojo rabbit another movie that i did not like from a filmmaker i do like and i've enjoyed thinking about why i don't like those movies (laughs) oh okay (laughs) Uh, which, you know, it's important to understand why you don't like things sometimes. Um, I'm going to recommend a movie, uh, from Denmark. Oh yeah. From 2020 <laughs> starring guess who? Mads Mikkelsen. Woo! <laughs> a man who I am very mad about. Uh, cause he's great. Um, I'm recommending a movie called Riders of Justice.
1: Oh, I gotta it see is,
2: that. It's, it's, fucking great. Um, it's about a military man played by Mads Mikkelsen who uh his wife dies in an accident and he returns home to uh kind of take up his life and help out his grieving daughter um but and then he is approached by uh, a mathematician who explains that mathema- it was mathematically impossible for it to be an accident that it had to be an act of violence and it leads down this weird uh, revenge. It turns into this revenge story that's similar to another movie that I love recently, Pig. I feel like it subverts a lot of the uh, revenge movie tropes, uh, but it also manages to add in, you know, just enough thrills for it to be exciting. uh, And it's great. I really enjoyed it. It's sweet and touching. And yep, thumbs up. Riders of Justice. And if you see a movie poster for it, the movie poster that's at least on, uh, that's on most streaming services is fucking dog shit. It looks like, it looks like this like knockoff fucking sons of anarchy garbage. And it is absolutely not that it has like motorcycles exploding, which I don't think I've seen a single exploding motorcycle in the movie.
4: (laughs) Just
0: looking up. They just picked uh, weird
2: stock images, huh? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, this one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) It's bonkers. (laughs) What they should have done is have Mads
4: Mikkelsen pushing two buildings aside.
2: Pushing two motorcycles aside like Uh, their butt cheeks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, with a big smile on
4: his face. (laughs) Oh, you know he's nasty. (laughs) Uh, Should I go with a wreck? Yeah, do it. Sure. Sure, I'll go last. Um, That's fine. I saw the new Almodovar film last night at uh, AFI Fest. It's called Parallel Mothers and it is absolutely wonderful. Um it's a uh it's a sort of a melodrama with Penelope Cruz playing a uh mom uh, you know she becomes a mother unexpectedly in her 40s and she meets this young woman who has also become a mother unexpectedly uh I think underage in the hospital and Uh, There are some hijinks to do with their relationship uh, that I don't want to spoil, but there's also kind of a plot running in the background about the Spanish Civil War and uh, Penelope Cruz's family history with that. And it's sort of comparing the sort of lies that we tell in our day-to-day lives to the kinds of lies that like fascist regimes keep uh, telling and it is like incredibly powerful. The end, I was just like my, I was in a theater and my N95 was like totally soaked when I was walking out because <laughs> it's like, it's such a wallop at the end. But uh, it's, it's also just like, it's got all of the like things that I love about El- an Elmondovar movie, like all the fun melodrama stuff and feeling like I'm in like a, almost like a soap opera <laughs> for, for long stretches and then, uh, and then, like realizing that it's all been like building to a uh, really mind-shattering conclusion. So, um, really recommend it. I think it's going to be on Netflix in 2022. But uh, if you can see it before, then uh, run, don't walk.
3: I mean, Man. it's not giving us much time. 2022 is almost here.
4: Oh yeah, I oh, guess I guess it, I guess it is. It is. <laughs> Get ready,
3: guys. It's almost <laughs> New Year's. That's right. Find someone to kiss when the ball well, drops. Wait. Your
2: resolution should be to watch Parallel Mothers. <laughs> how are, how, are, how is that going to fit into a pair of sunglasses for me? Where are my eyes going to go? One is going to go in the O, right? The two, the zero. I don't where's know where's the other one sort of going to the, go. There's
0: like a scoop out that a two has that it can kind of go there.
2: Okay, okay so I guess, yeah, I Don't guess worry. that works. Don't okay, worry, I'm not as nervous about 2022 now. America's yeah.
3: best minds have been, on this, have been working on this for years. <laughs> They're ready for it.
0: It's one of the reasons Y22K, we... they called it. Yeah,
3: it's one of the reasons we were taken so surprised by the pandemic was that all the CDC and everybody were working on this problem. <laughs> so I think
0: they've got it almost worked you know, like, out. They have a big whiteboard that says extra I question
1: mark. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty
3: <laughs> two zero two zero two question mark. <laughs> uh I'll recommend a movie finally. Uh I'm gonna recommend a movie by a director who I previously recommended a movie by before. I'm gonna recommend the movie Working Girls, which is currently on the Criterion Channel. It's written and directed by uh or co-written and directed by Lizzie Borden, whose movie Born in Flames I recommended a while ago. And it's a kind of day in the life movie. It takes place over one day about a woman who works at like, it's a boutique brothel in the mid eighties, the movies from 1986 and how very uh, dull most of that is. uh, And how also very awkward a lot of that is. And it's about her and these other women that work at this, this brothel. And one of the things I liked about it was that it is neither glamorizing sex work and making it look like it is a liberating, you know, enlightening experience nor is it making it seem like it is the, the worst hell that a person can go through. It makes it feel very much like a job. And there were times when I was watching it where I was like, oh, I wish I could adapt this into a sitcom about these women basically having to sit around and hang out together until John's come in and then having to deal with each John's individual weird thing that they need. That they can only get from <laughs> the women who work at this place. And some of it is funny and some of it is really serious and thought provoking and I just – I really liked it a lot. It feels like you are spending time watching some real people living in this space. And the movie, although it's about prostitutes in a brothel, it is very much about what it is like to have a job and to work for a job where you do not control your hours. You don't control what you do during the day. And you're kind of at the whim of a boss who – pretends to care about you, but really only sees you as something to be making money from. Uh, so it's ultimately about capitalism, but it was really good. It's, but that makes it sound like it is kind of like an academic treatise when it's actually really really um, entertaining movie. So that's Working Girls uh, from Lizzie Borden.
0: Well, what a delight. What a delight to be here with you fellows. Uh, what a yeah, delight I, say, I love Harrison. the wrecks
4: at the ends of these. I, I write these down most weeks when I listen uh, to your show <laughs> now. and uh, – and who's and, do you and like my best? And I. Yeah, who's got the highest hit rate? It's okay if it's me. Mm, I I I actually don't know. I I just uh, I just write them down. I have a shared note with my mm. wife, and and we uh, we've we've watched quite a few of the movies that you guys have recommended, and it's it's a uh, it's really been uh, a, a great part of our week. I, you know, I get the flop house and then I get this fringe benefit. Oh, thank you. Thanks uh, very right. much. That's really
2: nice to say. We, uh, you know, sometimes we feel like people just probably fast forward through the recommendations part because. You know, we're not doing our classic jokes that people love so much. <laughs> well, and also, all our bits. Our the famous bits. Has. And uh, <laughs> the,
3: the famous bits that people ultimately on Twitter clamor for and then tell me to never do again. <laughs> but it's, but I, that's true. I feel that way sometimes too. I worry that way because I remember when I was running a, a screening series in New York – it was very. hard. You would say this is a great movie. You're gonna love it. It's gonna really mean something to you. And it would be hard to get people to say that. But if you were like, you got to come see this movie. It's the biggest piece of shit. It's ridiculous. You would have <laughs> yeah, a would bonkers. Like it would yeah. be full. Cool. Yeah. But if you were like, this sure. movie is is amazing. Yeah. Like you have to trust me. This movie, you're gonna mem- remember it for the rest of your life. They'd be like, eh, I don't know. So well, you do. I mean, you
2: yeah. do that. You do that presentation about Nuki. Yeah, and you are imploring the audience to under no circumstances watch Nuki. Like you are begging. You are on your knees (laughs) begging them. Please don't watch it. And every person I've talked to after your presentation is like, "I gotta watch that fucking
1: <laughs> yeah show. No,
3: this is a presentation I used to do at live shows about the movie Nuki, the second worst movie I ever saw yeah, and it's like it's like this is a bad movie don't wait don't don't spend your time on it and instead of writing this yeah. down,
4: Elliot, how do you spell that <laughs> oh, boy. like it
3: sounds I mean, I mean the the, purpose, the point of the presentation is I mean if people want to see it who haven't seen it, the next time we do a virtual show, maybe i'll do that one, but the point of the presentation is that perhaps this movie by is art in a way by making us as feel the discomfort of the main character but uh but it's yeah but people yeah they're yeah. like oh ba- a bad thing i'm drawn to that yeah i live no, in the I 21st wanna... century joy is devalued i need i need
0: the sting of the sting of torture to know i'm alive as someone who is i mean arguably like the most committed to trash of the three of us in that, you know, we have a bad movie podcast. And then on top of that, I will I mean, you'll actively watch, trash for, watch yeah, bad for movies yeah. weekly uh, you uh-huh. can't much just to say.
2: Elliot my confusion. You can't
0: you can't just fill yourself with garbage. You no. gotta have good stuff too. Please gotta have God a sake. little salt to bring out the sweets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the other way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it is true.
3: It, like it's similar to food. Movies are like like you are what you eat. Like at a certain point, you become the thing, the media your, media you're ingesting. And I think if anything, the last. 20 years of, of public life in America has shown us that if you ingest nothing but crap, then you find yourself turning into a thing you don't want to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is have a good thing every now and then. Like, yeah. like watch a <laughs> watch a good movie every now and then, people. I'm sure you're all – all our listeners, I'm sure you're watching good movies regularly. But, you know, look for them, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway. um, So the normal uh, stuff at the end, mm-hmm. which is to say – Mm-hmm. The important
2: stuff. Well, the first telling, thing I'm going to say is, oh, hey, Ben, do you have anything uh, yeah. you'd like to plug, my man?
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, I host uh, co-host The Greatest Generation and The Greatest Discovery right here on the MaximumFun.org network. Those are Star Trek podcasts. And if you're into Star Trek, uh, give them a listen. If you're watching the new shows, that's Greatest Discovery. And if you are uh, into the old shows, that's The Greatest Generation. Uh, we've done Next gen and DS9. When we're currently working our way through
2: Voyager, I feel like even uh, if you're only like medium into Star Trek, you'll like the show. Oh, it's yeah. got a ton I, of funny bits. Yeah I, was, yeah, I
3: enjoy these shows. I think they're really funny. And I'm a Wars boy. I don't really care that much about Star Trek.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. And also,
0: it, if you uh, if you're a Maximum Fun member, I just uh, you know plug the network. Uh, there's a yeah. bonus episode where uh, you, yes. you you gents and we gents come together to talk about Star Trek Five.
4: Yeah, one of uh, one of my favorite things we've ever done is the uh, Flophouse X Greatest Gen collabo <laughs> in the uh, MaxFun bonus <laughs> feed. Collabo, uh, <laughs> that
3: was it was it was it was really fun to talk about uh, Kirk killing a Catwoman in a pool table full of milk yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Or, yeah. an,
2: or an, an elderly...
4: And Spock killing a grifter that is posing as God <laughs> at the center of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And an old William Shatner climbing, uh, free climbing up a mountain. That was ridiculous. That's
4: But I also have a new podcast called K-Pod 101.3 and that is a show that I'm doing independently with uh, Dan Kennedy of the Moth Podcast where we play two uh, morning drive time DJs on an alternative rock station in LA in 1998, and uh, our characters are just back from rehab. We we were forced, we were suspended from the air and sent to rehab. So uh, we're two characters that would otherwise have never had a moment of introspection in their life, who are now like back on air and trying to be the the zoo crew that they are expected to be but are like wondering hey are we jerks Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm, while
4: they're doing it so uh the the comedy is from that (laughs) i Uh, both love that i'm like wow a high concept (laughs) 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 yeah it's 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 Kind of weirdly high concept, but uh, it's a little 30-minute, 25 to 30-minute episodes. We've had some really great guests. We've had um, Ophira Eisenberg and Jesse Thorne Mm -hmm. and Ted Travelstead, and uh, we've got some great folks coming up. I'm uh, I'm hoping to rope the three of you in for guest spots at some point in the future, Ooh, uh, but you uh, don't have to promise to anything Dan's right pumping now. his
2: fist. He's excited. Dan's either excited or hungry. I can't tell. <laughs> Could be both. He's ex-hungry. Ex <laughs> oh,
4: he's rubbing his belly, so I think it's maybe the second <laughs> thing. <laughs> I got to
2: get some food in this dude. Oh Wait,
3: uh, so, Dan, uh, wait, Stuart, I see Dan is looking at you, and you're turning into a big turkey leg. Uh-oh.
1: Oh, no, Uh-oh. but I still <laughs> have my face, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. Is that a Zoom filter or is that really happening? (laughs) Oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds very interesting. Uh, But thank you guys for having me. This is a a real treat. I love your show so much. Thank you for coming on.
2: Thank you, sir. Uh,
0: Well, uh, now I will also thank our network, Mm -hmm. Maximum Fun. Mm -hmm. We mentioned them earlier. Go to MaximumFun.org to check out other shows you might like. Uh, you know whether they're funny or serious. I think the network has a has a a nice kind of a, a vibe that carries through the different shows. So I'm sure you'll find something else that you'll like. Also, thank you to Alex Smith. Uh, you know, check out his podcasts. Tell sure. Def do a party yeah. who is is not extant at the moment, but uh, had Stewart on it. <laughs> and then uh, he's got the Fast Track. Podcast. Hold on, he's
2: Fast Track, yeah. Uh,
0: but for the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy.
2: I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Ellie Kalen.
4: And for the last time, I'm Ben Harrison. The last
2: time? Boom! Whatever happened to
3: predictability? The milkman, the paperboy, the
2: evening TV? Uh, uh... Very end of the episode, uh, Ben, we will say our names and okay. then you will say your name after Elliot says his name. Yeah. You okay. might do a fucking yes. bit. You never know this We, always, what? Forget. Yeah. we always
0: forget to tell the, the guests that they're expected to see themselves out by saying their name, and it's
3: always confusing and It's to just them. an awkward, awkward silence, and then they go,
0: oh, oh, oh me too. And yeah. then we're like, God,
3: you look
2: like an idiot. Why are <laughs> you on our podcast? <laughs> That's the only way we can feel smarter.
0: Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture.